are after me again for a crime I don't even believe in. Yeah, the police are after me again. Yeah, the police are after me again for a crime I don't even believe in. Yeah, the police are after me, my friend. The police are after me, she said. Yeah, held their gun to my head. Somehow I ducked, escaped, and fled the scene. Well, they already ran my ID. Yeah, they already ran my ID. They pulled me off the train in the Portland rain. Mid-November ain't the warmest ride, and the greener ain't the best place to hide, especially when you're riding suicide. Especially when you're riding suicide. Yeah, the police are after me again for a crime I don't even believe in. Yeah, the police are after me again. Yeah, the police are after me again for a crime I don't believe in. Yeah, the police are after me, my friend. So I got back on when they were gone on the flag at old gondola. Then I smoked the resin in my bunk because the police didn't find it. Woke up in a mountain range, walked to a cold, wet, lonesome pain. And then the time it came to get the fuck off the train because the police are after me again. For crime, I don't even believe it. Yeah, the police are after me again. Yeah, the police are after me, my friend. For crime, I don't even believe it. Yeah, the police are after me again. She said the police, police are after me for being dirty. Trespassing, they hate me because I ain't clean, but I think they're the ones who are dirty. Hello, folks. Uh, we're doing this here. Doing it. Yep. Welcome to the Garrett Schelke podcast. I am your host, uh, Garrett Schelke, broadcasting live in stereo with <laughs> this recorder on a tripod. Very small tripod. I like it. Yep, here at a Hardy Brewing Company in East Town. Of the Hearst Lager. Thank you. Here's the stands. Thank you. And that was just our beer. Thank you, server. We're going to get hammered. It's going to be a sloppy podcast. Oh, uh, dude. Last, <laughs> last, time I, last time I had a Grand Rapids comedian, uh, Scott Ryan, on. Oh, I got fucking hammered. Baby Rail? Yeah, but then again, that was, we were at Morgan's. And, uh, I don't know why, but I think it's because it's an old building and there was a bunch of uh, shit in there. It just got to my allergies, so uh, I didn't want to cancel this, so I did the most logical thing. I got at day drunk as possible while doing the podcast with him. Perfect. The place invites itself to get hammered. When you go in there, like, I've given up all hope. Uh, let's just get drunk and forget about things. So, yeah. Yep. And uh, the guy, the individual I'm speaking to today, <laughs> folks, uh, he's a local comedian who's been named the funniest person in West Michigan by Review Magazine. Yes. Twice. Yes. 2018. Huge mistake. Huge mistake. No, come on, don't be that way. Uh, Believe in yourself. All right, all right, fair enough. He's also the host of the LMNO podcast. Yes, sir. Which, as of this podcast, is at 353 episodes. Yeah, and actually, I think it's probably closer to 500, only because uh, originally I did it under the name of Studio 1534, and then I changed the name of the podcast, and I just started over from number one. So I think there's probably... About 150 Studio 1534 podcasts. You're really gonna like that? <laughs> it's uh, I found with podcasts, you do it because you like it. If you don't like doing it, then uh, there's no sense in doing it. We shall get into that. Oh, okay, very good. All right, yeah, let me continue the simple. I'm sorry. Let me stoke that ego. <laughs> see. see, he is a organizer for the local. The yearly Grand Rapids Comedy Festival, known as Flatfest. Yep. 
toilet connoisseur. <laughs> Currently, and, right now, I am. Yes. yes. And yes. most recently, you, sir, have been the recipient of a 30-day ban by Mark Zuckerberg. Yes, he's got a problem with me and my posts. And we will get all into that. Yeah. yeah. Fun. It's good times. It's good times. Uh, uh, folks, let's us welcome uh, the comedian who attempts to do comedic things, Stu McAllister. It's me! Thank you. Did thank I you get that right? I, you got it. You nailed it, man. It was perfect. It was perfect. Okay, dude. Uh, thank you for coming on the podcast. Well, thanks for inviting me. And, uh, like I said, I haven't been to Harmony House in, in forever, so... Yeah, same here. Uh, and yeah, I'd say, uh, pretty cool right now. We're in, like, the second room since they took over, like, the subway or something. Yeah, it was an old subway. And uh, they've probably done a lot more business with it now that it's the brewery oh, yeah. and not the subway sandwich, so... Yeah, I'm currently I'm currently drinking the honey ale and it's nice. delicious and nice. I got a lager of some kind. I was looking for something with the lowest alcohol content because I'm a huge puss. <laughs> uh, oh really? Well you also are driving. Driving, yep, yep. Whereas, not, not too far away. Yeah, whereas I walked here. Mm. So because I'm a responsible drunker. Good for you, man. That's awesome. Yeah. It's good to live this close to a bar like this. I wish I lived close to a bar. Yeah, okay, not to give away your address, but, like, what area of Grand Rapids do you live in? I live um Boston Square area, so it took me not even ten minutes to drive oh, here, okay. so I live very close, too. But uh, there's nothing in that area. It is trying to rejuvenate itself, but I think there's a level of suspicion amongst people in the neighborhood, because there's some organization that's coming in and kind of buying up uh, empty properties. Uh, gentrification. Yeah, and I think there's that level of fearful from that. Uh, Alright. Thanks, man. Enjoy. And, uh, Stu has his pretzel. I got a pretzel with cheese. You want anything else, man? You want some? Help No, thanks. Uh, okay. I've already eaten my lunch and, uh, kind of been having some problems lately with my, uh, guts. Oh! Kind of maybe a pretzel's not so good for you. I know, but this honey, uh, ale is you know, perfect thing for your stomach. Uh, so, people are, I think, are afraid of, what might be coming? Um, the zip code. I live in four nine five. Four nine five zero seven is my zip code, and uh, I used to work for Child Protection Services many years ago. And four nine five zero seven is a high rate of calls come from that zip code that I live in. So uh, it's not a great area. Um, so it definitely could benefit from some gentrification. But I think the people who live there are kind of like, all right, well, what, what's happening here? Can I continue to live here? What's it going to be like? So I guess if you want to get in some political talk, what? it's always good. No, I, if it actually helps the residents of the area, I don't think it's gentrification. I think it's gentrification when you, know, you basically bring in these businesses contractors, landlords, etc. And it ends up basically booting the people out of that area that yeah. live there for right. how long. I don't, think that's, I don't think that's happening with with what's uh, the properties that are being purchased. They're, people are buying like old businesses that have just been sitting there forever. And so I don't think there's necessarily going to be unless they knock them down and try to build condos or some shit, which uh, I'm not for that. Personally, I'm like, if you bought a business, let's put in like 
a little mini Meyer or whatever you want to put in there. Let's put in a, a brewery or something. Put it. Put in something where some business is going to be generated. In the how, how about we put in something really useful, like a vape shop? <laughs> Yes, I'm sure Governor Whitmer would be all for that. So, uh, yeah, that's already getting challenged too. I think uh, mm-hmm. dealers can still sell right now. Yeah, the fruity flavors or whatever. It's all very weird to me. It's it's one of those things of uh, the fruity flavors of vapes. Like, I don't smoke. I don't vape. I don't care about any of that stuff. But if you're gonna blame that stuff, then look at all the, the alcohol that you sell, like watermelon pucker. And cotton candy vodka or whatever. I mean, you get all or these, honey or honey. Yeah, honey. <laughs> I mean, you got all these fruity flavors of, of liquor. That I'm like, how, how is that any different than like the vaping, right? Yeah, you're absolutely right. This is a huge danger. Every beer should taste like it's from Wisconsin. It should taste like nicotine or tobacco or whatever. It, there actually is something like that. I think it's like. Uh, God, one of my favorite podcasts, Street Fight Radio. They got this from their. Uh, one of their listeners from menthol flavored vodka. <laughs> Sounds super awful. So now they say this podcast brought to you by menthol flavored vodka. Right, there you go. All right. All right. Uh, you want to get into this, man? Let's do it. Like I said, Come thank, on, man. thank you for uh, being with me today. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, the, the topic that you want to talk about is clearly in my interest right now. Actually, there's a lot of things that are of your interest. Oh, okay. All right. So, believe me, this won't be like a short five-minute podcast. All right. Fair enough, man. I'm ready to talk. All right, dude. uh, Let's do it. Uh, Stu? Yes. Let's get into your origin story. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Where were you born? I was born in a small town. (laughs) I was born in Jamestown, New York, and I grew up uh, right outside of Buffalo, New York. Uh, and then I, I went to college in uh, southern, uh, western New York, and then I moved to Massachusetts, and I moved to Georgia, and then I moved to Michigan. So I've been around a little bit, but I've been here in Michigan 19 years now. So yeah, what was uh, what, what were you like? Growing up? What was your childhood um, like? What? Uh, I'm the youngest of two, and uh, I was quiet kid. Um, I was average, you know, nothing, there was nothing about me that stood out in any capacity. I was knees in high school, kind of athletic, but not really, and I didn't stand out in any kind of capacity. Like, I think if you were to ask uh, my, the people I went to high school with, like, how would you describe Stu Callister? I think the majority of them would go, who? So, you know, I didn't stand out, so. All right, outstanding origin story. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Gary. Yep. So let's get down to what the people here really want to hear. Yeah. As a comedian, yeah. how did you get into comedy? I am a fan of comedy. Right. Just a big fan of it. And when I moved back to Grand Rapids, um, I would always go to Dr. Grin's, the comedy club downtown here, and they would do uh, th- shows on Thursday that were half price, right? right. So um, you would still see the same show. It might be a little shorter, but still the same acts, and you're paying five bucks as opposed to ten bucks. I'm like, why, why the hell wouldn't I do that? I'm cheap. I'd love to save a dollar or two. So I would go, and then on Thursdays, they would do an open mic before the show. And I'm sitting there watching it, and um, it's consistently the same people, because back then, like 15, 16 years ago, there really wasn't a comedy scene in Grand Rapids. 
And uh, so I just saw these guys do the same stuff all the time. And the majority of it wasn't very good. It just wasn't. So I was like, all right, now I have to put the rubber to the road, and i got to prove that I can be as funny as these dudes. So uh, I started doing some open mics, and then there was an old-timer who lived in Grand Rapids who taught a class, and I'm like, all right, I'll take his class, it'll give me some stage time, and maybe I'll learn something. And then it just kind of progressed from there. So, right. what was like the first comedians or comedians that like really caught your eye when you got the car? When I lived in Georgia, um, I would go consistently to the Punchline. That's one of the comedy clubs down there, and they kind of did the same thing where Thursday was half price night or whatever. So I would go there a lot, and I saw people like I saw Ron White there, I saw Mitch Hedberg there, I saw Louis Black there. So a lot of these guys who eventually became very famous people. Oh yeah, I, I mean, saw them uh, in a small comedy club. Yep, Louis Black, he's coming to Twenty Mile Roll Live next yeah. month. Yeah, uh, Rob White's coming back in April or March. Yep, and Mitch Hedberg. And Mitch Hedberg is dead. <laughs> yes, he is, and he's never coming back. He's never coming back. He's been canceled. <laughs> so, uh, the ultimate cancel. Mm-hmm. As in, he died. So I have saw all these big dudes that I'm like, oh, these guys are hilarious, right? And they weren't, at that time, like 20 years ago or whatever, they just weren't the big names that you knew. Like, I think Lewis was probably just beginning to get famous. Like, I think he was on The Daily Show at the time. Oh, where yeah. Where he's just like, oh, he's I the remember. crazy lunatic, old man lunatic, just running and raving and yelling. It was so different from everybody else, kind of. That's my first exposure of Lewis, Lewis Black as well, since... Uh, when I, was, when I was in my teenage years getting into politics, mm-hmm. Daily Show was like one of my big influences, yeah. there, yep. along with like Michael Moore and that. So. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I do remember Louis Black very much. Right. That's had, great. What was he like? Kind of had like an Amy Rooney role on that show, where it's like right. the minute with. Right. And he would start off very calm, and then by the end, he's like and frothing he at the like mouth. Right. He's going berserk. His hands are gesturing everywhere. His hair is all out of out of sorts whenever so well, one, of my, one of my favorite uh, bits from him mm-hmm. and it's pretty, pretty relevant for this month since it's October happy Halloween folks is candy corn bits oh right what yep. is it like all candy corn was made in 1812 right yep yep they wash it they wash it <laughs> <laughs> so he's great so I saw just a lot of good dudes um, one of my favorites was um, Sam Kinison though I was always a big Sam Kinison fan. I really Wait, think you seen Kinison? I saw Kinison Holy in nineteen. This, is, this tells you how old I am. I saw him in nineteen eighty-eight. I think in the summer of eighty-eight. I, he came to a Quine Hands Music Hall in Buffalo. Nice. How was it? It was amazing. It was amazing. And um, the opener was Carl uh, Bolt. And I, and I wasn't aware. Like I wasn't knowledgeable of comedy. And uh, so I just assumed Sam would come out and do his act, and then that's the show. I didn't realize there would be, like, a warm-up act. Like, I didn't think it was, like, a, a concert where, like, here's an, the opening act before, like, Aerosmith or whoever, right? So here comes this guy, Carl Lebova, and he was amazing, too. I was like, what the fuck? And I actually got to meet Carl many, many years ago, and I had uh, the ticket stuff from the show, so I got him to sign it. So it was very cool, so... Uh, so yeah, but Sam was, uh, I wouldn't call him like Lewis Black, I mean other than like the yelling, like he clearly was more, he was not political and he was not 
I wouldn't say he wasn't smart, but he wasn't smart in the humor. <laughs> a lot of yelling and swearing and sex and drugs and rock and roll, and that was Sandy. That was probably my first exposure to stand-up comedy. Let that, let that be known, everyone. Stu McAllister on Sam Kiss. Good, but not very smart. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was a dude that I was like... If he was still alive today, oh. what would Sam be like? What well, his act? He was very non-PC, clearly. Oh, and so, what would he? Would he be? Would he flip the script? Would he be like Lewis Black, or would he be kind of like Dice Clay, where he just kind of faded into the background? Well, he's still around, but he's clearly like in that character still. Mm-hmm. Maybe oh. he'll have like a few times where he could break out a little bit. Like I heard Clay like. Was in some Woody Allen film. Yeah, but other than that, you know, it's still the same dude, Hickory Dickory Doc. Well, he um, he came to Firekeeper's Casino a couple of years yeah, ago. Yeah, I I tried to make that one, but I got too busy. I did go. I did go. I went with four people because we've been told like it was totally different. Like it wasn't the Hickory Dickory Doc stuff, and that Dice was more real. Like he was genuine to himself, and I'm like. All right, I gotta see that because. Say so what? Dice, is, what is the genuine dice play? Right, that, and that's what I was interested in. Like, what is it? Like, he's gonna talk about his marriage, his kids. Like, what's it gonna yeah, be? Yeah, I mean, I honestly, I've heard stand up. I mostly got him though through Opie and Anthony, they would sure. have him on, I guess, and they would just prank him all the time. Sounds about right. <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah, it was great. So, but I mean, that's. I was aware of him because he came out like when I was in high school. I was still pretty young when all the nursery rhymes came out. And it, originally I thought it was funny. And then the more and more that he put out, the more and more I'm like, eh, this is just simple, filthy stuff. It's not funny. So I'm like, all right, but I'll go see this new kid or this new dice. I'll see it. And he came out and it was the same shit. It was just the same Hickory Dickory Doc, just a different spin. He even did, he told, like, the classics. And, uh, you know, he's smoking a cigarette with a stupid jacket and all that. And uh, I was with four dudes, and none of us had the courage to say, let's get the fuck out of here. Because all of us felt it. When the show was over, we were all like, oh, that fucking sucked. And uh, we, we all should have just said, yeah, let's just get out of here. It's not worth our time. So, Which is a bummer. It's a bummer. Yeah, I kind of had a similar feeling, and you were at this show at the Pyramid Scheme a while back, Tim Heidecker. Yeah. Yeah, um, the two opening acts, Clownness and... Uh, and Neil Hamburger. Neil Hamburger. That was, I've heard of Hamburger, but I never saw him until then. Wow. I love Neil Hamburger. I love it. And I totally get if people don't like Neil, but it, well, it strikes a chord with me, and I found it hilarious. Yeah, he's hilarious, but if you look at his act, it's pretty much just like pop culture references and one two liners. Yes, it's but, it's very weird. Yeah. Yep. Let me see if I can do my impression. <clears throat> what yeah. do you get with Michael Jackson? Which is a. We're, we're, a, we're a brewing company, so I really can't say it loud. It's a handjob to a five year old boy. <laughs> The Jackson Five. Perfect. Then, then, then he does like the wheezing sound. <laughs> but yeah, Tim Heidecker was boring. It was it was ungood. It was ungood, and, it, and he was the one that I didn't know. I had seen Columbus before. I had seen Hammer before. I didn't really know Heidecker, but I mean, people were there to see him. It was a sold out show, I think. And oh, yeah. um, 
Well, I mean, are you a fan of like Adult Swim or uh, any of the shows? I've never, I've never seen it. Oh. I've heard it's, I've heard it's good. I've never oh, it's seen a, it though. It's actually, if you're really into like absurdist humor, mm-hmm. anti-humor, if you want to call it that, oh. it's a lot of like weird 15, 10, 15 minute stuff, skits. It's great. Yeah, yeah. that's where I knew people knew him from that, right? Yeah. So, but he was someone that we liked. I, I was like, I'm yeah, not, I'm yeah, not getting I, it. Yeah. Yeah, I just left because it was boring. <laughs> but it was weird to me because I've never seen so many people like leave a show before. And uh, I forgot. I forgot that I'd walked out on him. The other one that I walked out on was um, Jeff Dunham. And when I saw Dunham... He's coming back here too. He is. He's, he's playing the arena. Well, he's selling out. Oh, but, um, I saw him at the county fair many years ago. <laughs> and it wasn't because I wanted to see him. It was because... I don't like this guy, but he's very popular. And I'm like, all right, maybe I need to see it. Maybe I'm missing something because I'm not there live. So I managed to score some free tickets. Because tickets were like 40 bucks a pop. And I'm like, I'm not paying $40 to see someone that I don't care for. So I scored some free tickets. I went uh, and lasted maybe about 10 minutes before I looked at the guy I came with. And I was like, let's get out of here. And he's like, yep. Well, which puppets did he like go for? <laughs> Which racist puppet did he go to? That was the weird thing. It's like he started his set with like traditional stand-up. He probably did 10 really? minutes with no puppets. I've never seen him without puppets. I'm, that's why it blew my mind away. And it wasn't good. It was like, hey, I came in on an airplane. And then he's doing uh, airplane jokes and airplane food jokes. It was very what's the of, deal with airlines? What's the deal? It was very <laughs> very hacky, open micer, uh, just not good. And uh, then when he started getting into the puppets, I think it's Walter. That's the old man. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the that's the yeah. original one or whatever. And it's just it's just dumb. It's very uh, low brow, and um, I just don't find it funny. Like I, I get if people like it, good for you. It's just not for me. And so we left because there were like four thousand people there who thought we were nuts for leaving. They were really? loving it. They're all like. And then they know it's you. Hey, where are you, where are you going, buddy? Uh, I can't take uh, it. I can't take these unfunny racist go, puppets. Going to the bathroom or something to fucking take a shit. It just, it, um, he was, one of the things that blew my mind away was the merch that he was selling. He sold miniature versions of his puppets at, at 80 bucks a pop. And people were buying it. Wait, were they like actual puppets or just stuff? I think they were actual puppets, but they were really? miniature size. They weren't like as big as his real puppets. And it just it blew my mind away that people were spending that kind of money. Dude, that's just asking for joke stealing right there. Can you imagine like some open micer come, mm. come up with like one of the puppets? Maybe like, <laughs> you put a hat or he drew something on there. Sure. Just starts doing Jeff Dunham jokes. Give Walter a mustache or whatever. <laughs> yes, exactly. So. I, this is Wilter, everyone. Perfect. You nailed it. Let's see. Uh, fire, fire keepers. I had the pleasure of seeing Tim Allen. How was that? Was well, it okay or no? Oh boy, it was an experience. I came there with my folks, my boomer parents. And they probably loved it. Oh yeah, they did. Okay, all right. Yeah, and uh, I will say this about Tim Allen. Um, he is probably the most angry comedian I've ever seen on stage. That's unfortunate. Well, well, that's the thing. Like, I don't know how much of it was an actor if he was, like, legit angry. Right. So, because, you know, he pretty much went through, like, talking about, like, 
his past shows. Sure. You know, he did some, like, bashing, millennial bashing, you know. Right, right. The PC culture. Yeah, yeah PC culture, yeah. snowflakes and all yes. that. Yes, yes, yes. But the whole time, uh, two things I noticed. Unlike a lot of comedians, like, he, he did not touch the microphone at all. He, like, they carried around. Uh-huh. He, he literally, like, pretty much stood in one place the entire time. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty rare. Yeah. That's a rare thing. And he had water there. Never took a drink of it huh. at all. And to imitate him, he always, most times, has this punched like this. And, like I said, he was angry. He was angry. He was swearing, like, you know, I remember back when I was on the set of Santa. I saw these kids back then. All in all, grab. I told my manager, I don't want these fucking kids around me, okay? Get them the fuck out of here. Huh. Everyone's laughing because, like, oh, it's Tim Allen, Tim Toolman Taylor, right. Santa. Here he is, you know, fuck the kids. Sure. It's kind of like a Bob Saget thing. Yeah. Like, if you don't know that Bob Saget's a filthy motherfucker, well, you, you're going to be really surprised. Oh, yeah. Well, Bob Saget feels more natural. Sure. And, like I said, Allen was just angry to the point where I'm like, is this it? Is he just going to be there standing around punching his fist the entire time? Now, I get the whole angry comedian shtick. Right. It, it's weird because, like, I don't know if you've seen any of his old stuff kind of before he became famous. Honestly, I have. Like, the, the Toolman character actually came from his act. Like, he had a Comedy Central Presents or stand-up or whatever it was, and he did the... Like, and then, yeah, and that, that became the actual character in the TV show. So, it, it actually... When I watched it, I watched it maybe five years ago, I'm like, this is actually pretty funny, right? Like, I, I was not expecting it to be good. But it was it was well-written, and he played to the crowd, and it was great. So it's weird to see a guy like that take such a turn and just be kind, calm of like a dick. And I feel like it's, this, it's the political climate that we currently live in, I guess. Oh, yeah, I mean, along with the whole, you know... Ugh, triggered snowflakes on Twitter. Ooh, what? It had some, like, drunk... He said, fuck California. There was just a drunk guy next to us the entire show. Fuck California! Screaming that out. It's all dumb, man. It's all... You're gonna find conservative people in California. You're gonna find liberal people in Kansas. Right? It's just... It's weird to me when people try to, like... Polarized, like it's red versus blue, or Republicans versus Democrats, conservatives, liberals, or whatever. I'm like, there's. There, I consider myself liberal. I, I lean more left, but there's plenty of liberals that I think are fucking assholes, <laughs> and then there's a lot of conservatives that I'm like, oh, that's a good enough dude. I, you know, I don't generally like talking politics with a lot of people. I almost, it's almost like I don't want to know. I don't want to know what your beliefs are in any kind of capacity, right? Like, let's just watch a football game or eat pizza or whatever. Oh, you, you know me from Facebook. I'm a raging socialist. So. <laughs> sure, and that's fine, man. I'm fine. I'm actually, when it comes to that stuff, I'm cool with you being whoever you want to be. But when it interferes with, with what I'm doing, then it's like, you can go fuck yourself, right? Like, I, uh, I'm not a Trump fan at all. And if you're a Trump fan, more power to you. That's awesome. But if you're, like, coming on, like, my social media stuff, like, spouting off about uh, things. We will get into uh, it. Get out of here, right? Uh, get out of here. All right, I'll tell you one more before we continue. Okay, please. I also had the pleasure of seeing Jerry Seinfeld mm. here at the Boss Place. Yes, and? and? Well, here's the thing with me. Okay. I know, obviously, different comedians, different genres, different ways to go about it, so... 
my personal preference, I'm more for like guys like Doug Stanhope or Pat Oswalt. Sure, sure. But, but I'm willing to take in other styles and like adjust my crap meter, you could say. Sure. So I saw Jerry Seinfeld. And? His opener stunk. Do you remember who it was? No clue. He's just some okay. Italian dude. He's all like, I like spaghetti, blah, blah, blah. Very bland. New York spaghetti. Gotcha. My wow. wife. <laughs> right. And Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah, he's pretty much like his openers of Seinfeld, the show where he opened stand up. Yeah. Pretty much like that. Yeah. And yeah, he was as good as he could ever be, I guess. Sure. Like, I was thinking, probably like the one joke that was probably the. My favorite, probably the edginess. He's talking about like commercials, you know, infomercials. And what's that one with like the screaming guy who can like s- s- seal anything? Oh, like, seal. yeah, I know, I know the commercial. But yeah. yeah. Well, well, let's see if you get this pop culture. Okay. He's talking about flex seals. Like that guy screams so loud that you know that you know you could hear him if he was trapped in a cave in time. You get the pop culture reference? Yes, yes. If no one knows, it's about those kids that were trapped in that Thailand cave for a while. Right. Yes. Yes. Like, oh, there we go. Jerry Seinfeld's as edgy as a circle. He's he's not for me. And again, if you like Jerry Seinfeld, that's great. I saw him years ago uh, for the, uh, I'm saying this for the last time or whatever that that special was that he had. And uh, I saw him at DeVos, and I'm like going... This isn't good. Like I thought it would be better, and it wasn't good. And I'm like, I, I like Seinfeld the TV show, and I get that Seinfeld the comedian is uh, beloved and he's an icon, but it isn't for me. TV show is vastly better. Yes, I love the TV show. TV show is great. And man, come on, his performance in the B movie. (laughs) Never saw it. Never saw it. See it, dude. We got it. It's on Netflix or Hulu, and I'll check it out then. Anywhere, any way you can see that film. All right, I'll have to check it out. You know, throw every great movie you've ever thought of in your life, in history, does not compare. Throw it out, B movie beats it all. It's a, the B movie is now the new number one. Yep, Rebel Without a Cause, nothing compared to B. Sure. Schindler's List, yep. no B yep. movie. Yep, uh, Avatar, uh, Avengers, Avengers, Endgame. Damn. Not compared. Even the latest movie, Joker. It's a masterpiece, but as big of a masterpiece as being. It's shit compared to that. Absolutely. Well, I got to see Seinfeld again later uh, in Detroit. And again, I got hooked up with free tickets, right? Like a friend of mine, she had tickets, and then she realized she couldn't go for whatever reason. Something came up. So she's like, here, take these tickets. And I said, give them to someone else. I don't like Seinfeld. Give them to someone else. And she's like, I've tried. I can't find anybody. If you don't take them, they're going to go to waste. And I'm like, all right, I'll go. And and she gave us the two tickets, and they were good seats. We were, like, on the main floor, maybe 16 rows from, from the stage, so good seats. And the entire time he's on stage, I'm like, I want to leave. Boo him. Uh, and, right, and it, he's doing jokes that were just, like, weird wordplay jokes that to oh, me, God, an no. average open micer would think of. And, oh, this is clever. And I'm like, ugh. And uh, just leaving a theater when you're in the middle of it all, you can't do. Uh, that, that's my least favorite type of comedy. Theater like, comedy? No, no, no. Like the clever wordplay, oh, right. right. like like Mitch Hedberg or sure. Dimitri Martin, a few others do. It's just like 
uh, there's no point, there's no rage. Or right. And it's fine. And I'll, I'll tell new comics, I'm like, you probably want to avoid that stuff because anybody can think of it. Oh, yeah, I've, I've seen, uh, I haven't been to a lot of open mics a lot around here lately mm-hmm. due to <clears throat> money problems. Sure. But, oh, oh my God, everyone I would go to, there would be at least one or two of them that would play a set. Like Hedgeberg, like Dimitri Martin. He did like a prop, you're like, I'm gonna write down all my favorite beer names. Right. Comment on Yes. It's fine, it's fine, but it's not original generally, or it, it's easily done by someone else. Yeah, I just find it really boring and stale. Yeah. Like, like I said, I'm more like Pat Oswald, Doug Stanhope. Sure. Who's black, you know, uh, rage guy, you know, angry about something, commenting. They're making a statement about something. Yeah. Sure. You know, not, not to go like full Bill Hicks or George Carlin, you know, uh-huh. speak truth to power, but, you know, say something. Did you see Stanhope when he was here? He came uh, oh, yeah. a couple weeks ago. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've seen him about three... No, four, this will be my fourth time already. Oh, wow. Okay. So you're a big yeah. fan of Stanhope. Oh, yeah. Hey, one of my big heroes. And, uh, and a shout-out to uh, Bob Fredericks, who helped book that show, yeah. yep. who I was on his podcast, Thank You, Future Self. Oh, where are you? That That's great, man. Very cool. Bob, Bob, you owe me for the promo. <laughs> All right. Okay, we're done reminiscing about comedians All right. Fair enough. That <laughs> we but, hate. Uh, <laughs> hate them all. Yes, Com- comedy yes. should not exist. Comedy is shit. I hate it. It's horrible. Mm. It's the worst. Yes. No, uh, I've done a lot deep diving into you. Oh, okay. Both, both right. figuratively and hopefully literally <laughs> after this. Okay. All right. You no. scare me a little bit now. I'm glad we're in a public place. Well, why must you deny these feelings? <laughs> no, uh, so on your website, you, on your bio, you said you... Uh, so you transitioned basically from a social worker into a comic. Yeah. So how did this happen? Like, so are you were you like a social worker by trade? Yes, I have a, a master's degree in social work that I got from Grand Valley State, Go Lakers, and um, I did social work for twenty five years, and then uh, and then I just came to realiz- realization that I hated it and I didn't want to do it anymore. So I haven't done any social work. It's been five years now, I think. So I haven't done, yeah, I haven't done any social work in okay. five years. Uh, well, what kind of social work was it? Boy, I, I did a gamut. I did a lot of stuff, man. I did uh, foster care work for a while. I did the child protective services work for a little bit. Uh, most of it, though, was therapy in psychiatric hospitals. I worked with uh, kids in a residential program at Pine Rest, so they lived there on campus. Um, and then I worked at the Forest View Psych Hospital, where it was... I, I was a per diem therapist, meaning I filled in when someone was sick or on vacation or the census was high and they needed someone else. I would come in and did uh, inpatient group and family and individual therapy or outpatient uh, family therapy. So Okay, and uh, this, this actually kind of confused me while I was uh, reading your bio. Okay. We're, we mentioned that you, know, you went from social worker to comedian. Yes. But... And maybe I'm misunderstanding, so please clear it up. Okay. But it said that you were performing in some way as a social service worker. I'm not sure what I wrote there. <laughs> so I, was I like, think I was doing comedy and social work at the same time. Oh, oh that's, what, that's what I, I meant. So. I don't think I ever was, uh, I never 
I never performed. You never, at, like, a you never, you never combined the two, like. No, no. Like I, I would try to use humor within therapy because I feel yeah, like that is so, a yeah, bonding factor. Yeah, what I was reading now, I think like, uh, okay, was he like doing comedy while as a social worker, or was he like? Pull Patch Adams here. <laughs> kind of. I would do that. It's one of the things too of like um, you need to know when to do what. Like, all right, I need to be the social worker now. Oh, now I can be more of a comedian now. Like, uh, I would have to. I would have to go to court, and uh, I don't have one more. And you have the. I have the honor. Yes, sir. Thank you. Okay. Oh, yeah, I'm good. Um, so I'd be on the stand, and I'm like, now is not the time to crack jokes with the judge and the lawyers and things like that. Yeah, so, knowing your audience. Knowing your audience. But, like, you know, when I'm doing therapy with people, like, I often felt like the comedy could break the tension or it could, make, it could normalize things. Oh, okay. So there, there's that capacity. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. I got you. Even, even with my coworkers, too. Social work is—it's an awful business. Uh, it can destroy you pretty quickly, <laughs> and so you learn to use your coping mechanisms. And for me, it was my sense of humor. So sometimes it got me in trouble, but whatever. Yeah, not enough like getting fired. Well, one time I think it did help to get me fired. Oh, so, really? Yeah, yeah. Well, one, what happened? One of my positions—I was working for an agency where we work with adults um, with mental illness who lived in the community, and we did case management. Uh, so we either had uh, people, they, they all lived in the community, but they might live in like an ASC home, they might live in like a group home, they might live with their parents, they might live independently as well. Um, so either they came in to see us, or we would go into the community to see them. And, uh, you know, I would just goof around with my coworkers, and uh, I think my clients liked me enough too, but uh, my manager at the time did not like me. It, it, it can tell. I was constantly getting in trouble with him for things that I said, like in team meetings. And then um, we merged with another company. We merged with uh, Cherry Street Health. And um, right before we merged, uh, they let me go. They gave me a uh, uh, severance or whatever. So technically, they technically, I technically I resigned. But they were kind of like, uh, if you don't resign, we're going to fire you. Ah, oh, shit. And so, uh, you know, it's probably always better to be resign on your own. But uh, I was able to collect unemployment or whatever. They were fine with that. But it was just, it was weird. It was weird timing. Yeah. And, uh, so I knew I knew what they were doing. And my manager, it, it was it was a very weird place. It was probably for the best. It was for the best. So. Probably Jerry Seinfeld. Ha, <laughs> Should have yes. gotten, should have gotten those tickets for it. Yes, God, I should have. Probably, probably Jeff Dunham fan. Oh God! Yes. <laughs> give him, give him, uh, give him a muppet of that one racist character of Muslims. That Jeff yeah, Dunham Muslim and the stupid jalapeno. I kill you. Yes, I kill you. Yes, very stupid. Very original. I feel bad for knowing what that is. Uh, okay, well. Okay, when you resigned, was this when you started your career in comedy? I've been doing it simultaneously anyway, but it was when I I was like, okay, I'm not going to do I'm not going to do social work. I'm I'm just going to kind of go full bore and uh, go right into comedy, and that was what I was going to do. So that was uh, that was like pushing me off the cliff, kind of thing, or kicking me out of the bird's nest, or whatever. Yeah, because I, I think it was it's. 
comedy is very difficult to earn a living in. Um, and it's, man. Wait, for real? Yeah. <laughs> for reals? Yeah, for real, real. For real, real. It's, um, everyone sees comedians as like Jim Gaffigan or Kevin Hart or something. They're like the one percenters, those guys. They're the one percenters. And very few people kind of get to that status uh, where they're making a hundred grand a night or whatever. I think most comedians probably will eke out an average salary that uh, an everyday kind of manager of an Applebee's makes or whatever. Uh, actually, you're right. You see, that's why I'm doing this whole podcast here. Because this is how you really make money right now. ton of money in podcasting. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm on Anchor, and that distributes through, like, you know, Spotify, Breaker. Nice. You know how much money I made so far? Ten bucks. Nope. Oh, I wish. <laughs> Fifteen cents. What? Through ads. Oh, what? Uh, All right. It's weird. I can explain yeah. later. Okay. But, okay, but, uh, yeah, so how was that transition? Scary. It was pretty scary, because everyone assumes that you have, like, a manager or an agent, and um, manager agents only want to work with you if they're going to make money off of you. So if I'm earning 300 bucks a week from a gig and they're getting their 10%, you know, that 30 bucks. Do you isn't have a much. manager at all? Nope. Every, everything I've done uh, has been through me. Any gig I've ever gotten has been through me, and it's through connections. And, uh, you know, it's auditioning for bookers, sending out clips to clubs. Um, it's a uh, it's a very unfriendly business, but I'm assuming all entertainment business is like a, whether you're an actor or a band or whatever. So, uh, dude, I'm a writer. Oh, and sure. Believe me, uh, yeah. I have had my experiences and my stories. I can tell you, maybe not that, as a, as exciting, but still, it's something. You 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 have to get a thick skin, right? You get a thick skin. You're told no a lot. You're rejected a whole lot. Um, I remember going to Columbus, Ohio with my friend Adam Deggy. You probably know Adam. Yep. yep. Uh, there's a, a chain of clubs called uh, Funny Bone. And for whatever reason, the main dude uh, who runs the Funny Bones lives in Columbus, Ohio. And you got to go there of, to audition. The, of all the places, Columbus, Ohio. <laughs> of all the places, Columbus, Ohio. God damn it. Um, so Adam went down there to audition. And I went with him as, like, moral support. I'm like, all right, man, let's go, let's do it. Because I had already passed, too. Like, I had auditioned, and I had passed, and I could get work with them. And it's not a fun thing. So I emailed them, and I go, like, hey, if you guys have any extra spots, I'm coming with my buddy Adam. Uh, That'd be great. If not, I get it. It's all good. And uh, they, they emailed me back, and they're like, yeah, we don't have any extra time appreciate you offering whatever i said okay that's fine i've already passed with you guys so it's not a big deal to me i'm already working for you and they're like what you already work for us i mean that already that instills a lot in in my self-confidence that these people who are employing me don't even know that i'm working for them so they asked me to audition again and that's never a good thing garrett that's never a good thing wait wait, so you technically work for them but they want you to audition again yes they wanted to see my shtick they want to rehire Kind of, yeah. They wanted to see the shtick. Hey, was this like before YouTube videos or no, MP3s? No, this, this was like two years ago. This was two years ago. So, and I already I worked gigs for them too. I worked some of their I worked their Hartford Club and I worked their Toledo Club. That, that. Well, I, I knew what was coming. So uh, we go down there, we do the show, and then after the show, uh, the, the 
the agent, the manager, the booker, or whatever you want to call him. He pulls us individually into his office to give us the spiel. And uh, he told he told me no, he wasn't going to use me anymore. And uh, he said that, uh, he essentially said I'm too old. He, he, there's, a, there's a level of ageism in comedy, everybody. Oh, come on. Uh, it seems weird to me too like funny is funny it shouldn't matter how old you are but he essentially told me I was too old and then uh, I didn't get the spiel on Adam or not but he told Adam as well uh, no as well too so Adam's too old <laughs> Adam's like a decade younger than me he's like 15 years younger than me so he's not too old but he just told Adam no and uh, Adam drove us there and the entire time the way back he's just like wanting to drive like off a bridge right? he's like he just, he's like been doing this fucking 12 years and I'm headlining places and I can't even feature at this chain and I'm like it's all good man he only has like there's 10 clubs and uh, so he's only got a certain amount of dates because a lot of headliners bring their own guys in the two years that I was working for him I only got two gigs from them anyway so it's not like they were filling my calendar but it's always disappointing to hear no but you get told no all the time, and if you can't handle being told no, you're not going to last very long. Which just sucks, right? You want your ego to be padded, right? You have to stroke the ego. You want yeah. validation. Okay, you don't get that. They used like an excuse when they said you were too old. Like too old. You tell George Carlin he's too old. <laughs> How about Don Rickles? I uh, I just kind of rolled over and took it, man. Because uh, again, it was one of those things. Where, like I haven't gotten much work from you. Like, both the gigs I did, I thought I did great. Uh, they were fun. They paid well. I sold a lot of merch. Couldn't, couldn't have been better, right? And even one of the clubs asked, they thought I lived in Detroit, the Toledo Room. Thought I lived in Detroit, so they wanted to use me as, like, an emergency headliner. Like, if someone missed a flight or couldn't get in. Oh, oh that's you know, Yeah, so it was nice, right? They didn't realize I lived in Grand Rapids. But, I mean, I... Toledo's only three hours away. Like, if they asked me to come out to headline a show or fill in or whatever, I'd be like, yeah, let's, let's fucking do this. But, you know, so it was just one of those things. Like, all right, because I'm always like, I can't make you say yes. I can't have you hire me, right? So then you have to go do other stuff. And one of the biggest pieces of advice that I got from a comedian was uh, Nick Griffin. And Nick was like, you need to focus on the rooms or the bookers that say yes, these are the ones that want you, so you need to focus on them. Don't focus on the ones who say no. Focus on the ones that say yes. I'm like, ah, oh, that's, well, that's a, a real positive po- way. A few other pokers you might not want to be with, you know, the ones that take your money or yes. maybe you harass, you harass yes. people you know. There are a lot of scumbags out there, man. A lot of uh, scumbags. Uh, that is one good thing about being friends with you and a few other comics here. As well as being a member of the Michigan Comics Network. Oh, you're in that group? All yes, right. I am. Oh, and, you get uh, to say a lot of nonsense. Oh, wow, that is fun. Oh, yeah. Especially oh. when, again, our dear friend Bob Fredericks has to uh, put the band hammer some people. It's, uh, it's always it, fun. If you're in that group, because it's open to all levels of comedy, like there are guys in there who've been headlining 20 plus years, and then there's a guy who's done like one open mic or whatever, and everybody's got an opinion. And I'll, I'll always tell everybody, it's better just to listen. Just listen to what other guys have to say. You don't have to contribute. Um, and you, but you don't have to take everybody's advice either. Just listen to it. Because someone, sometimes I got um, some tags on jokes, like uh, how to end a joke with here's another beat that you can add from like open micers. I'm like, oh, that's really good. I don't know how I missed that. 
And then I've gotten some other advice from guys who've been doing comedy 20, 30 years. I'm like, ah, that's fucking wrong. That's wrong. I'm not going to use that. So you pick and choose the advice that you're going to use. I get that same thing as a writer. Yeah. I, I, I started writing professionally, as I called it, in 2006, okay. after I graduated high school. Nice. And um, well over a decade later, yeah, I'm still indie mostly self-published. Sure. And, yeah, I do, I am open, but there's just been some days when I've, like, read advice, especially when it comes to, like, writing routines, where it's like, uh... <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yep. All right. Uh, we'll get into some road stories in a sec. Okay. But, uh, how would you describe your style of comedy? It, you know, that's always a weird question to ask. Like me specifically, I know a lot of guys have. They already got their answer weird, ready for that. Weird question or the hard hitting questions? I don't know how. I mean, hopefully, I just can describe it as funny. My style of comedy is funny, man. It's hilarious. Uh, but it, it, I mean, it'll boil down to me and how stupid I am and the stupid observations that I make. Because uh, I think if you if you joke about yourself people can't get mad about it. Like, my intention is to not uh, split the crowd. It's not to make the crowd angry or mad or upset. I mean, I do say some jokes, like I got some jokes about gun control. I got some jokes about race. I got some jokes about gay marriage that are kind of diversifying. But if you listen to the whole joke, at the end of it, you'll laugh no matter what side you're on. You'll laugh about it like, oh, okay, this stupid idiot made a good observation. And, and there oh, observational comedy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not like Seinfeld, but yes, sure. Uh, I swear a lot more than uh, Seinfeld. Dude. Doug Stanhope had a great rant about Jerry Seinfeld on his Oslo special. Uh, he's like, that's it, Jerry? You're just going to sit there and observe things? What is it, Jerry? Who we got to fuck up? Whose tool shed we got to burn down, Jerry? Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, again, it's kind of why I was going back to my type of comedy. You know, more active, more rage, and persona Persona, sure. I just finished, actually, I just finished reading Doug Stanhope's book, uh, This Is Not Fame. Have you read that one? Yes, I have. It's great, man. It's a great book. I love the road stories he has in that, just talking about his style of humor and how it's like, it isn't for everybody, but he's in a position where he can do his own thing, and the people who kind of see him know what they're stepping into. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's got three books out. Uh-huh. That, Digging Up Mother is Memoir. Yep. And his very first one that he did, like, the early 2000s, called Bait, Fun with Pedophiles. The nice. Best of Bait. Nice. Which, when I met him last time in Kalamazoo, uh-huh. I took that one to turn get his side. Nice. Much by surprise, he didn't react to it. Oh. Which I thought he would. Is that a hard book to find? No, no, it's on Amazon. But oh, is it? Okay. It's like his first book is self-published sure. under Shake the Baby Press. Uh, and I guess apparently he partially called it that. I guess back in the day when you ordered it, like on your receipt, which is a pedophile or something. But yeah, I got a picture with him. To, you know, he hugged me. He's like, oh, wait, we, talk, we met Lansing before? I'm like, yeah, I saw you with you were stopped. He's like, oh, whatever. Come here, you ugly motherfucker. He hugged yes. me. Yeah, yes. grabbed my uh, tit. Yes. Which, which, by the way, folks, uh, earlier this month I had a terrible chest infection, Uh-oh. as in nipple infection. Uh-oh. So he happened to, like, grip that one. Uh, it didn't hurt or anything, uh, but 
And the funniest thing was uh, they took a picture. I put it up on my social media. Uh-huh. Only one person until I pointed it out, this girl I've been seeing, noticed that I was holding a book that said Fun with Pedophiles on it. Nice. Everyone else, including my dad, who decided to share the picture with me. Uh, like my son loves pedophiles. All right. Yeah, yeah, he didn't. No one noticed that, which amazed me. That's funny. You say that's on Amazon, though? Yeah, it's on Amazon. Is it a... Uh, is it kind of like stories, like this is not fame, or what is it? Well, basically, he had a thing back in the day where, like, he would get online, like, AOL, Yahoo, uh-huh. and uh, he would pretend to, like, be a 14-year-old girl, whatever, oh. get into conversations with dudes who want to uh, get in there. Gotcha. But then he would start saying, like, really a lot of disgusting stuff that obviously no underage girl would want to do and see how long he could keep them off. Sure. He'd be like... Yeah, I'm 14 years old. Want to hook up? Yeah, you want to? Yeah, you know what else I want to do? I really want to fuck a dog. What do you think? Right. And these guys are like, uh, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> so where do you want me? Gotcha. He, he would just, yeah, yeah. he would just keep them on until they got like too disgusted or figured. That's funny. That's funny. I'll have to look for that one. <laughs> okay, so uh, since you started your comedy career, where has it taken? Like, where have I gone? Yeah, well, yeah, because I know that you have traveled this wonderful country sure. of ours. This wonderful, wonderful nation. Um, I've been, I've performed all the way uh, into Maine on the like northeast side. I've gone to, down to uh, Arizona and LA. Um, I've been like up north and uh, western North Dakota. I've never actually done like Washington or Oregon, any of those states. So kind of the northwest, I haven't done. But then I've gone, you know, down to Florida, too. So I've been almost, I'd say I've done, like, 75% of this country I've done. So, uh, really, you know, what, what, type, what type of gigs have I done? Uh, clubs, mostly. Clubs, but, you know, then you do, like, some bars or VFW halls and things like that. I've played some colleges, too. Um, How was co- that? The college, the, co- the college gigs are different. Because everybody thinks like it's going to be like a big deal, and that you're in a theater, and then there's you know thousand college kids there or whatever. And I'm like, I'm the guy playing the college like in the student union on a Wednesday night, <laughs> and there's like ten kids there, and, and I, I nine it, of them are part of the comedy club there. Yeah, yes, yes, and it, it's me commenting. I'm like, hey, why is our philosophy professor talking about his dick on stage? I mean, yeah. Because, yeah, I'm not famous in any capacity, so no one in the crowd came to see me specifically. They just come. Because every Tuesday at 9 o'clock, we got comedy. It's for free. Yeah. You know, it's the student union. We have uh, X amount of dollars that we got to spend on entertainment. So we can get this guy to come in and tell jokes for 150 bucks or whatever. So yeah. it's usually fine, but sometimes it's um, demoralizing because it's a lot of quietness. Kids just not yeah. getting what you're doing. Well, okay. First of all, are you comfortable seeing where you're at? Because the sun's kind of. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm here yeah. at the Garrett Shelby oh, podcast, yeah. I aim to make my guests as comfortable <laughs> as possible. No, I'm fine. Including asking you if you're all right if you got sun directly in your pocket. Yes, I need a tan. I need the tan. That's good. Okay. Well, get back to our good friend Jerry Seinfeld. Oh. Boy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, was he in any way right about why he won't perform colleges because they're to PC, well, is hilarious. Well, it's it, yes, exactly. I'm like, is there is there another comic out there who's performing, who is 
uh, as PC as Jerry Seinfeld, right? I mean, has Jerry Seinfeld ever told a joke that's offensive in any... His jokes are offensive to me in that they're not funny. That's why they're offensive. That, that's, no, knowing him, you know, that's probably like where he decided one day, you know what, I'm going to release my dirtiest jokes in this college. Right. He... So, What's the, what's the deal with What's the deal? What's the deal with faggots? Am I right? It's, you know, it's, it's one of these things of, he doesn't need to do uh, colleges. All these guys who are calling like PC culture stuff, none of you were doing colleges. When was the last time any of those guys did colleges, right? They did them when they started off because everybody wants to do like the NACA run or whatever. But all the, you know, Chappelle and all those guys were... None of those guys need to go to colleges. And if they did do colleges, everybody in that room would go because they want to see Bill Burr, Dave Chappelle, or Seinfeld, right? They don't have anything to worry about. It's, it's dumb. I don't want to hear from them about the PC culture. I want to hear from a comic who's been doing it like 25 years, who still isn't known in any kind of capacity, but they're doing colleges for whatever reason, right? Like, what does that guy have to say? Like, how do you alter your act, if you do alter your act, because you're playing to kids under the age of 22, right? Yeah, have you ever had any problems like that with your friends? No, no, I, you know, I go in and I do my act, and if you like my act, you like my act, I, and, and if I, you don't like it, whatever. I mean, I know you've had some problems over Facebook with your jokes. Yes, yes, recently, it's uh, been weird, 11 years of no problems, but within the last three months a lot of problems so it's been very weird to me. we will get to that okay we're getting to it but uh before that let's get on to something a little more positive okay I like positivity uh, don't we all uh let's see you sir also as I noted in the intro uh-huh. I have your own podcast yeah I do the LMNO podcast the LMNO podcast which when I was going over our message when I contacted you uh-huh. I actually put LMFAO podcast. I'm like, oh, shit. It's not a huge deal, man. A lot of people um, stumble over it. It's a dumb... Elemental P is a, it's a joke in my act, oh, the acronym. So then the Elemental Podcast, it just it just oh. lent itself oh, to, to the joke. Oh, I was going to ask you what it meant. I thought it meant, like, laughing my nuts. No, no. Well... I mean, you, you're kind of nailing the joke, so that's a good thing. Oh, you're paying close. attention to it. You're, get, you're, you're, in, you're going in the right direction. Oh, it's, a, okay. it's a very dirty joke. Uh, it's kind of my signature joke. People remember it. I used to sell a T-shirt that just said Elemental P, and I would sell the shit out of it. Oh, good, because that's my favorite type of comedy. Now, forget everything I've been saying this past hour. <laughs> my favorite type of comedy is when a comedian leads me on, and I have to figure out the joke myself. Ah, uh, there you go. I don't want to sit there and laugh. No. Really. Contemplate. I need to think. Yes. Choose your own adventure type. Yes. So I've just been doing the podcast because originally um, yeah, I, when I was the host of the House MC Grins, I was just exposed to all these great comics. So then I would just, every week, I would interview the comic on the podcast. And that's what it was. But it's it's changed over the years. I've had some different uh, sidekicks. Garrett Elzinga was a sidekick for a bit, and then uh, Nardo Sosterhart was a sidekick for a bit. So it's just changed. It's less less interviews and more me. I have two two co-hosts now, so just the two the three of us shooting the shit. So yep, that's the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of like this podcast, yeah. but but you do it weekly. 
I have yes. to, and I have to do a monthly because, unlike you, I don't have friends for a long. <laughs> you see the differences. Well, it's um, it's one of the things that I I've learned through podcasting of like, you get a schedule, you stick to the schedule, and things work themselves out. Like I have a lot of people that I don't even know, I've never met, who listen to the podcast. And it blows my mind away. Because I'm always like, how did you find this podcast and why do you listen? Yeah, how has the reception been for it? It's been positive, I think. I mean, I, every once in a while I'll get something like, oh, this was a waste of my time. And then I'm always like, I get it. I 100% get it, man. Like, that that you know, happens with all podcasts. Yeah. You're going to have a few episodes here and there which are... Uh, and you'll just have some people who just don't, they just don't connect with you. They don't connect with you as a podcaster, they don't connect with you as a comedian, and I've said, I'm not trying to appeal to everybody. I think if you're trying to appeal to everybody, you're very bland, uh, there, there's no mystique to you, there's no, like you said, there's no edge, there's no bite, I'm like, I'm that guy, I know I'm going to say something that probably will offend you, I don't mean for it to offend you, and I apologize if it offends you, but go fuck yourself. <laughs> Hey, you're, you're not going to do like a Kramer and go on apologize. <laughs> no, nothing like that. Right. But I won't put myself in a position where I need to apologize. Oh, God. Can you imagine if Jerry Seinfeld did tour oh, with Kramer God. as be, his opener? It'd be the best. I would go to see that. I would go to see Kramer. It's like, do it. I thought you were friends. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so how, how has the podcast shaped your career as a I don't know if it necessarily has shaped my career as a comedian. It's definitely show, uh, shaped my way as like a public speaker and an entertainer because it's definitely different. Like it, the goal isn't for me to like crack jokes on the podcast. It's a different kind of thing. Uh, so I try to make it funny uh, in the moment. You know, I'll say things on the podcast that would never translate to the stage, and stuff I say on the, st- the stage wouldn't translate to the podcast. So it's just about having fun, talking about what's going on. So it's fun for me. Like I said, it's fun for me, and I will continue doing it because it's fun for me. And if there's no one listening, I don't care because I'm like, I'm like you. I'm not getting paid for it. I don't have sponsors. Yeah, ads. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I. I mean, I gotta crank it up to like 15 bucks, then they'll give me that money. Yeah, buddy. Hey, I'm working on it, grinding out the podcast. I do have a Patreon, though, and I have um, 20, I've gotten up to 24 listeners on the Patreon. We get five bucks a month, so, you know, it's like a hundred bucks a month I'm getting from the Patreon, so that's something. I have thought about that, but every, like, real good Patreon I've seen is someone who's, like, constantly producing content. Sure. Has, like, tiers that you pay this much, you get this. I only have one tier, because I only do the podcast once a week. I do it every Saturday. Well, that's the thing, too, uh, I like to think I'm prolific, obviously. Sure. But uh, I'm not as prolific as I wish I could be. I'm a generally slow writer. So that's one reason why I haven't done, like, a Patreon or anything. Because yeah. I don't think I could crank out good quality content to, to justify it. I hear you. Yep. Yep. And well, most people won't. They won't uh, spend, like, even five bucks a month if you're just doing one one month. Yeah, plus, I figure with the way our healthcare system is right now in my family's history, uh-huh. I'm probably going to say that till like, I get, like, some, I don't know, super cancer or mega AIDS or something. Oh, my God, and, you got the mega? What's the deal with mega AIDS? Yeah, that, that's a story how that happened. 
But uh, unfortunately, Sean's Tylenol will not solve it. Will not solve it, no. And I totally did not steal that joke from Sean. <laughs> but anyway, no, I, am, I, did, I, I have to complete this joke. Um, yeah, I'm pretty much to save the patron until like, something bad happens to me. It's like, holy shit, I need money or else I'm going to go bankrupt. I hear you, man. I hear you. Which is really fucking sad. Yes, it is very sad, man. Medicare for all of it. <laughs> all right, let's continue on the art thing. And uh, earlier, when I described you as an organizer for Laughfest, yeah, is that accurate? Yeah, sure. I was. I've been involved in Laughfest from year one. Uh, this coming year, 2020, will be 10 years of Laughfest. Really? So uh, we're gonna. Hopefully, it's gonna be uh, bigger and better, or you know, whatever. You, Every year, we, I always try to tell people, I'm like, you can't always top yourself every year. Right? It's just impossible. So some years, it might really appeal to a lot of people, and other years, it's going to appeal to different people. So, But this is year 10, so they're probably going to try to make it bigger. So I definitely help with the, uh, the community showcases, the guys who are coming from out of town. Uh, I've hosted a lot of shows. I'm kind of, they used to call us ambassadors, so kind of like the face of the festival. Yeah. Like, I'm just kind of known as, like, a comedian in town, so, yeah, so people have questions, they'll ask me, so. Yeah, how did you get involved in that That Well, ten years ago, they were looking for people to host shows, and so they do, they actually put on shows at Dr. Grin's, and I was still the house MC at the time, so they asked the manager, and the manager was like, clearly, you got to have Stu. And they got a hold of me, and then I said, how about these people? So there, there was initially a group of like about six of us that were just local guys who uh, were working comedians. And so we just hosted shows and did everything for them. We're a lot of grunt work. I mean, it's all volunteers. People think I'm getting paid. I'm a volunteer just like anybody else. So... That's how, that's how it happened. I was just there. I tell new guys all the time, a lot of it's just being there. People know your face. They know your name. So you may not be the funniest guy, but they know you're reliable and you're you're going to be willing to say yes. Yep, yeah, and uh, obviously Laugh Fest brings in some big names. Huge I've, names, yeah. I've had the pleasure of seeing both Jim Norton and Patton Oswald. Great. And, uh, Over at a very unusual venue at the Fountain Street Fountain. Church. Yeah, yeah. Jim Jim Norton was. Yeah, yeah. If you ever see Norton's act, he's filthy. Yes, he, he is. He's degenerate. He is. I mean, I think his website URL is still eatabullet.com. Yes, probably. Yeah. Yeah. And Pat Oswald, like me, is a raging atheist. Sure. And so he was making jokes about that. Being in the, in the um, the backdrop actually fell on yeah, him. Yeah, I remember that. It did. Yes, and, um, very funny. And the two hosts, I don't remember their names, but the two local DJs that admittedly I don't like. Oh. So okay. I don't listen to them. Gotcha. But, but uh, yeah. Pen, well, pen waited until like they nearly got it off. He did the ta-da, right? And he just totally owned it, especially sure. with the with the. Um, God, I'm Catholic. I should remember this stuff. The table that's there. Oh, like the altar. Yeah, the altar. Uh, yes, that's yeah. how lapsed I am. Forget yeah. terms. Yeah, Patton's great. I wish I'd be able to see the show. Yeah, and, and unfortunately, I was out of town. I missed David Cross. He would have been great too. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. You uh, meet any of these big time comedians when they come to town? When they come, I usually am not because I'm busy hosting shows elsewhere. Like I usually host a lot of the showcase shows, whether it's the uh, 
the National Showcase Show or the Best of the Midwest, or I might be hosting a community showcase. Yeah, we're good. We're going to sit here for a bit. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, was it all in one or a piece of it? Uh, one. one. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. Okay, okay. we're going to argue or check here. Nah, I got it. Yeah, I got it. Sure. So, uh, probably the biggest name that I got to meet or open. Well, I mean, I, it's weird. I actually know Jim Gaffigan, so it's weird how. Really? Yeah, it's weird. Like, Jim knows me and I know him. and I've never actually got to see him at Laugh Fest, but um, he did a show, and the show was over, and then he came to Grins to see, like, part of the National Showcase, and he was like, hey, Stu, how are you? And it's always weird when a bigger name comic like that actually recognizes wait, wait, you. Isn't Chip Gaffigan like that really tasty, fat white dude? Yes, Apple. always talks no, about what? food. Yeah, yes. yeah, that guy, he's yes. like, was it more like, hey, Stu, how are you? Kind <laughs> of. I did see him... Um, about Ridley's in Detroit years ago, and uh, I was kind of sitting in the front row. And during his act, like I don't know if you've ever been to Ridley's, they have a very large stage, and no, it kind of it juts out in the crowd, so you can be like right on the stage, but you're kind of sitting behind it, sort of, if that makes sense. So he is coming out, he so he's in the front of the stage. So essentially, I'm looking at his ass the entire time because that's what it perfect. is. Perfect. Yes, it's a great great place to sit. But he turned during his act, you know, just looking around the crowd, and he saw me. And, like, mid-joke, he's like, hey, Stu. And then he continued on with his joke. It was very, it was, it's kind of surreal in ways that this guy knows who you are. But um, probably the biggest name that I got to open for was uh, Brid, uh, Bridget Everett. Do you know Bridget? No, I don't. Bridget is uh, phenomenal. I would encourage all of your listeners to go see her if you get a chance. Um She's she's one of these acts. She's not a traditional stand-up. She's kind of like a burlesque singer, burlesque act. Like she comes out and she sings very dirty songs. She actually like flashes her titty, and uh, oh, it is fucking amazing. And uh, she did the Oddball Comedy Festival a couple of years ago, and uh, I actually got to be on the side stage. And so I did. The side stage goes first. Uh, then when that's over, people head in the actual, it was at the, the DTE or whatever it's called now. Uh, maybe it's called DTE, DTE Pine Knob or whatever the fuck it was. And uh, so we go in and uh, she's this, uh, this act that I'm like, she was the only one I didn't know. So they have an intermission and the intermission was after her. But I'm like, I don't know who the fuck this bitch is. I'm going to go take a piss. So I go take a piss and I come back. And everyone's losing their goddamn mind. They're like, yeah! Everyone's standing up, and I see she's in the crowd, and I'm like, what the hell is going on? And I'm watching it, and it was fucking amazing. And then that made me realize why she was the, in the, the last person of the first half, because no one could follow that. No one could follow what Bridget Everett did and get the same kind of response. Like, Amy Schumer was the big act of that uh, night. No oh, way oh, Amy oh, Schumer oh. could have followed Bridget Everett. I hate to say it, everybody. Bridget Everett is lively. So if you don't mind the dirtiness, uh, definitely go see Bridget. She's been in some movies and some TV shows. She was doing something with uh, Maria Bamford. She was just in um, that Netflix thing that came out. It was about... This is where it gets weird, everybody. She was uh, in that Netflix show where that girl got raped in Seattle, and then she denied it. 
and then but it really did happen, and then there was something else that happened in Denver, I think, in Colorado. Wait, wait a sec. Uh, Forgiven or something like that. Unbelievable. Wait, the last time you and I met, we were at Dr. Grimm's. Uh-huh. What, was that the stand to me out performing that night? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But she was in that Netflix thing where, the, where it was like two cops eventually... Could they all, they're all they're from different communities, but they're all like, "Hey, we're all looking for the same guy." So then that was the realization of like, "Hey, we should probably share information." Oh, and then they God. found out that this girl in Seattle also got raped, and like that it really did happen. And so uh, she was in that. She played like a foster mom in that show. Oh, so, but, but you know, she's great. I love her. Better actress than Amy Schumer. Better actress than Amy Schumer, and she's actually in Amy Schumer's group of friends so she's been in a couple of Amy Schumer's uh, movies I'm not a huge Amy Schumer fan I do love the fact that Amy does have her friends be in all of her movies like it's like she's like the uh, female version of Adam Sandler like hey here's all my buddies you're all in my movie right so here's like that's, David Spade and Tim Meadows and that is literally the only redeeming Yes, yes. I, I can't deny. Can't oh, deny. Did you see Sandler when he was here? I did see Sandler. Oh, how, uh, folks, Adam Sandler was here uh, a couple months ago. Months ago. He did stand up and music at Van Over. He did. And I was, uh, I was disappointed. I'm glad I went. Really? I'm glad I went. But I'm disappointed in what I saw. And uh, I couldn't have been farther away from him. We were about as far away in the same arena uh, that I could actually say I was in the building with Adam Sandler. But they have, you know, the, the big Jumbotron screens on, so you can actually see him. Yeah. And the entire time, he didn't smile once. Really? It never looked like he was having a good time. And that's just sad to me. I'm like, you might not Is be it? having a good time? Fake it, bitch. It's the same thing like when I saw Tim out. Yes. Fake this shit, dude. You know what? I, I spent 40 bucks to see him. Smile, man. So, he just made 100 grand. Smile. Once. So, wait. So, the whole time he was singing, he was more like... Scrappy, 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 do. Yes, or, yes. Wow, just a straight face. Yes. Smiling. Very, very goofy songs. Not, not a whole lot of smiling. He did some stand-up. Uh, not very good. Very, uh, very open micer esque uh, He's not a stand-up. He's, what, I don't what, think he's ever what, been a stand-up. What, what would he even have to do stand-up about? I mean, like, yeah. He's married my, with yeah, kids, all that traditional Yeah, I'm married, I have kids. My last movies keep bombing because I'm Actor. But I still make millions of dollars because yeah. I'm stuck in the 2000s doing yes. the same role. Yes. Yep. Yeah. He's not good, but uh, he's made in the shade. He's a good dude, man. Actually, I'll ask you. Uh, I asked this a while back to John Serba when. Uh, oh, John! I love John. Yeah. When uh, you had your uh, tonight tonight show at the Holiday Bar, yes. he was on there. Yes. You had a Q and A section. I asked him this. See what you think. Okay. Do you think Adam Sandler is the greatest nihilist of our generation? <laughs> yes, I will say yes, he is. Oh god, because that, that's been a great meme online talking about how Adam Sandler's deliberately shitting acting. Shitting acting is a form of philosophical rebellion. Right. right. It's hilarious. I love those. Yeah. Memes. All right, and uh, for la- and to end this whole laugh fest segment. Okay, all right. How has laugh fest been involved in it? How has it shaped your career? It hasn't. I can't lie. It, uh, being involved in laugh fest hasn't done shit for me. I'll say that. <laughs> it hasn't done shit. Um, the shows have been fine, but they're no different than any other show. Um, and I've always said, like, 
I could go somewhere. I could be working somewhere else right now and getting paid. Like I remember there was um, one laugh fest where I actually I did leave and I went. I did a show in Iowa and uh, I got paid five hundred dollars and I probably sold three hundred dollars worth of merch and uh, I took Adam Deggy to work with me and he made money too and. Uh, LaughFest has never done that for me. I like how my last three questions where I asked if something shaped your career has just been a definite <laughs> no. No. But, I mean, again, it's been, uh, I mean, I've got to meet some cool people. Like I said, I got to meet Bridget Everett. Uh, I've got to uh, start the Dirty Show, which I was always a fan of. It was always weird to me how we started the festival with the clean showcase, but then they didn't have the Dirty Show. So I'm like, you, got, you gotta have... You gotta have the yin to the yang kind of thing. I'm always actually amazed whenever I look at Lapfest schedules and see how many clean comedy acts. Yes, they're very you know, clean oriented. Which I'm like, wow, this shit is really popular. It, well, it's um, they also they want to say it's inclusive, which is a good thing. And oh so, yeah, I, I got nothing against it at all. It, the inclusion part definitely lends itself to the clean because then like you don't want to offend anybody or whatever. But I'm like. Man, if you want to include everybody, you've got to include the degenerates. you got to have the, the fucking yeah, weirdos, but, man. Yeah, but I guess, once again, think about your audience. Sure, sure. Especially, didn't they have, like, some for kids or something? Yep, they do have kids shows. Yeah, it's, it's kind of hard to go up and do, like, a fisting show. Right, right, yeah, yeah. So then you don't hire them. Well, that's the thing, too. For three years in a row, I was hired to open for the, the clean act. They used to do shows out in Lowell. <laughs> And Lowell is a community where they want to do cleaner shows. So I opened for uh, Keith uh, Elderstadt, Michael Palasek, and Greg Hahn, all guys who are cleaner. And each of those years, they asked me to do it. I'm like, fine, I'll do it. And I only need to do 15, 20 minutes up front. And every year, they made a huge deal about, you realize this is the clean show, right? Like, you can't say things. Like you got. And I'm like going, why the fuck did you guys hire me to do this? That You're so fearful that I'm going to do something. Remember, make the thing. And it's just one of those things, like, it it angered me that they did that. Because I don't advertise myself in any way as being a clean guy. Like, I'm I'm the guy, I'm going to say fuck a whole lot in my act. I just do. But I don't find myself to be a blue comic. I don't talk about, like, fisting jokes or things like that. I just Uh, just swear. You talk about hate. You talk about hate. I, I, I swear a lot, and that's about it. And they talk about some things, like we mentioned earlier, about like gun control and uh, gay marriage and things like that. So I talk about adult subject matter, but I don't think I'm a blue comic. But every year, laugh-ass people would be like, ugh. And I'm like, I can go 15 minutes without saying fuck, all right? It might be hard, me not saying cunt, but you know, you do what you need to do. You do it for the charity. You do it for Gilda's Club. So, ultimately, I have enjoyed it. Yes. Has it done anything for my career? No. Absolutely not. And I wouldn't think um, I wouldn't think any comic uh, from this community who is like me would tell you that it has done something for their career. Because it, it hasn't. Even like uh, my friend Adam Deggy, like he's opened he opened for um, Jim Norton, and he opened for another big name act who came to Fountain Street Church. And it's just like it's the show. You get to do that show. And that's amazing. Fountain Street sits like 1,200 people, and that's fucking amazing that you got to do that show. But then it's over. And then, you know, it's done. It's one and done, baby. One and done. It's doing the cows. Not great. <laughs> Not 
grateful ungrateful bitch. Not grateful for the opportunities presented to him. Well, I, you know, I got to open for Brian Posehn one year. He, oh. he played at the Pyramid Scheme. Oh, I was there. I saw yeah. It. And so I got to do, I think, four shows with Brian. Two on Friday, two on Saturday. It was fun. Sold out room. But, you know, Pyramid Scheme sits like 250, something like that. It's not a huge room, but a ton of fun. But that was my favorite venue. It's my favorite venue, too, man. Can't lie. I love that thing. But it didn't, you know, I opened for Brian, but it didn't do anything for me. You know, Brian doesn't call me. I have his, I have his phone number in my phone, but he's never called me. Oh, you know, shit, really? Fuck, yeah. Dude, dude, let's call him up right now. <laughs> hey, Brian. Brian. Who the fuck is this? I'm farting. Well, so, if, I remember, if I remember him right, he had some joke about, like, having sexy chat with some girl. She pretended to be a cat, which turned him off. And he was uh, one of the ropes. Yes. And, um, God, who was that one comedian who passed away? He, he was like a big-time roaster. Greg Giraldo. Yeah, Greg Giraldo. Yes. I loved him. Yeah, Greg was great. Yeah. If, he's like, Brian, you big, Brian, you big motherfucker. You know, how, how are you so fat when the villagers chase you around with torches <laughs> and pitchforks every night? Uh, Greg was the greatest. Yeah, the greatest. I, did, I got to meet Greg. Uh, years ago, before he died, oh. and uh, he gave me a tip of advice, and his tip of advice was to move. <laughs> that was his advice, move. So, yeah, I guess one thing I always found weird about his career is that he used to be a lawyer, I guess, mm-hmm. but he never talked about it. So there's yeah. like, there's like, what were you doing at that time that makes you not want to talk about it at all? I don't think he enjoyed it. Like I, I there's a book about him oh, that is. I read, and. Uh, he didn't do it terribly long. He's a very smart dude, obviously, and I think he just got tired of the rigmarole, oh. and the paperwork, and everything. You know, the not, you're not being creative. Like he was doing stand up the entire time. He was a kind lawyer, of, kind of like with you being a social. Yeah, student. and so I just, you know, I guess he was like, yeah, fuck this shit. So, and he was he he was good enough that he could be like, fuck this shit, and he made a living and was famous for it. Yep, many don't. His demons got a hold of him, though. So, there you go. I don't have any demons, thank God. Him, Patrice O'Neill, Mitch Hedberg. They all die. All these great ones die, but the shitty ones keep on. Shitty ones will live forever, man. To quote Matthew Good, bad guys win. Yes. All right, so you're going to be organizing for Laugh Fest again this year? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm actually uh, doing a Laugh Fest podcast on Wednesday. It's the uh, the ten year thing for it, as I said. So they wanna they want us to reminisce about our uh, our laugh fest encounters, and I might talk about some things that they don't want me to talk about. So we'll see what happens. So yeah, you just wait. They'll ask you the same thing I did. Then you'll be like, oh, laugh fest done everything right. for me. It just made my career. Yeah, man, I want to talk about um, you know Eliza Schlesinger, right? Yeah, yeah, I've heard. very famous comic. Uh, she's a pretty lady. Uh, she also has crazy stalkers. And uh, there was a guy who came all the way from Delaware to see her. To and, laugh fest? Uh, to laugh fest. And this was when, uh, what was it? Uh, what was that place? It's the Tiki Bar now. But what was it called? Flanagan's? Mulligan's? Uh, it's some dumb Irish no, thing. No, Flanagan's is right downtown. Yeah, but it's now the Tiki Bar, like Tiki Don's or something. Oh, uh, I know what you're talking about. I don't know. That... It was this Irish place uh, that used to have shows there, and it was a decent enough room. But apparently, this dude was hiding in the back stairwell uh, to like find her, and like they had actually given out like 
flyers of his pictures to security people to be like, do not let this person in. Please call the police if you see this. Like, apparently this dude is, like, psychotic or violent. I mean, like, crazy enough that you're going to come all the way from Delaware to, to see you in Michigan. I mean, that's, that's not a, a simple driving distance. That's probably a two-day driving distance and not... Or a crazy flight. Like, why the fuck would this do The things you do for love. The things you do for unrequited love. Yes. That's the shit I want to talk about. And you know what? We don't get about that right now, because we're going to talk about your favorite subjects. Yes. And that's very relevant to you right now. Facial book? Yeah, facial yeah. book. Book face. Yeah. Zuckerberg Central. Ugh, gross. It's the worst. Yeah, and actually, uh, that's how, I guess, you and I like really first started interacting. Sure. I friend you on Facebook. I've never seen you perform, along with like a lot of our comedians around here. No, totally not because I'm trying to insert myself into the scene that I have. Yeah, you like no, it. No, no business being in whatsoever. Not at all. Not opportunity. But you like the shows, and you're knowledgeable about comedy, and that's those are the kind of people that I want coming to shows, right? Like you're no uh, normies, no casuals. You're seasoned, right? You have knowledge about what's going on, and I like that, as opposed to like oh, bachelor parties or whatever, where people are just going to a show, right? Like this week, Lachlan Patterson was at Dr. Grin's, and I would prefer that someone like research Lachlan Patterson, like, oh, he's been on The Tonight Show, and he was on Last Comic Standing, and he's done this, that. This guy sounds super funny. I'm going to see him, right? Uh, and there you go. Perfect. Oh, God. Again, our good friend Doug Sample has talked about that. Mm. Especially when, like, the whole Tosh controversy went down, you know, when he told a heckler, would be funny she got raped right now. Remember that one? Yes, yes. He stood up for Tosh, saying basically, like, hey, you should research before you go these things. Yes. You can, you know, it's the internet. Which, yes. Which, yeah, I agree with for the most part. It's easy to I click mean, on YouTube or yeah. find a person's website. Yeah, I mean, I think... Tosh did a pretty shitty job responding to that. Yes. I've seen way better. I've seen Stanhope and Oswald. Others just destroy these motherfuckers. Really good. Yeah. Actually, Pan Oswald did such a good one that, like, it pretty much was an entire track for one of his albums, him just destroying the hecklers. But, uh. Some guys aren't built to deal with hecklers. Some guys are just not. I'm a comedian. Let me do my act. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck's going on. I will on say this: he wasn't as bad as Kramer. Right. Yes. No one. I know. No one will top that. I think. Oh, so God. hopefully, no one tops that. Yeah. So I got you. I got. I first really interacted with you on Facebook because uh, you kind of had a stalker going. Yeah. Uh, basically, if I remember right, you may oppose making a joke about a panhandler who's flying a sign. And it wasn't really. Mo- it wasn't a malicious joke. I've seen actually actual hate towards homeless people. So sure. I know yours was just you know poking fun, and I guess was it being down or something. Something. God, it was such a long time ago. No, I'm sure it was a worthless joke. <laughs> yeah. No, no. It's when uh, they they call, something that you call it when you're uh, joking about someone who's below you. Apparently. Oh. Okay. Uh, what do they call it? Punching down. Yep, there we go. Yes. Yes. And uh, there's this local guy who was like an artist slash hippie slash cross punk who took very big offense to this. Whatever. Whatever. And uh, he kind of like started sending you a bunch of messages and he threatened to sue you. 
Oh, sure. Yeah, that's the guy I'm talking about. There's, there's always idiots out there who are going to assume like that you're either talking about them or you've stolen something from them or this, that, or whatever. And it's kind of like, God bless America, man. And you just yeah. you need to ignore them. And eventually they go away. People always talk about bad apples in the scene, and they always disappear. Uh, you straight up walk back, guy. Right. But, but uh, no, that's when you and I first interacted because me, I think it was me, Jordan Shaver, a bunch of others were just goofing on this guy. Right. I posted like one of his shitty graphics that he made. He immediately sent me a message Hey, asshole, you want to get fucking sued like I'm going to do sued? <laughs> I, I, I don't even know what these guys think they're going to sue me for. Like, where is this going to go? I think he was like a sue for, like, defamation or something, for making fun of him. I've, got, yeah. I've gotten the same type of threats, too, whenever I, like, sure. make fun of people. Sure. Sure, sure. Yeah, and that, that was also the first time I listened to your podcast, and you're like, I'm going to do an episode about this. So I listened to it. <laughs> there you go. That was my first episode of the L M N O. The Elemental Podcast. I'm glad I got you to listen. That's how you sucker people in. Yes, sucker you, you have cross punk friend to sue. Ah, that's fine. All that's right, fine. so, so yeah, what, so yeah, you, what has been your recent history with? Awful. It's just been awful. And like I said, I had 11 years of absolutely no problems on Facebook, but within the last three months, I have been uh, received bans of 24 hours, seven days. And now I'm on a 30-day 30, 30 ban. All jokes that I, I, you can ask people for Facebook for a review. And I'm like, clearly, if a human being looks at this, they would be like, okay, this is a joke. Not always. Right. I, I am my own problem. I, I, well, I, found, I don't think people actually do review it. Because everyone has been denied, like, immediately. Like, there has been no, no way that anyone looked at the joke in this quick amount of time. So the, the first joke um, was about mass shootings. And so, like, right there, you're thinking, oh, man, Stu made a joke about mass shootings. But what I said is, white guys have gotten so good at mass shootings, I'm not going to go to my family reunion later this month. Right? <laughs> so the implication is someone within my family was going to do a mass shooting at our family reunion. I didn't say it was going to be me. I didn't say it was going to happen. I didn't say anybody was going to die. There was no threats. But... I got a 24-hour day from that. And I'm assuming someone reported it, but I don't know. I don't know. Because th- people have talked about, like, formulas or whatever. So there's the Algorithms. mass shooting. Like, someone wrote mass shooting in the thing. So, like, oh, there you go. But then I'm like, that can't work, though. Because what if someone said, like, thoughts and prayers to the victims of this mass shooting, right? Like, now they're going to get a ban for saying that? Like, this is weird to me. But no one reviewed it, 24-hour ban, there you go. So then a week later, I get my seven-day ban because I, I told a joke describing a woman as white trash, like a, a, a fictional character, not an actual human being. Dude, that, that's why I got my seven-day ban. Because you called someone white trash? Yeah, because I said white trash because uh, it was on some something on Michigan Advance. Uh-huh. And I just wrote to a guy, uh, I don't remember the exact story, I was like, get to Get a little political here. I said, well, yeah, because, you know, if you're going to vote Republican, you have to be racist white. Right. And, like, within three seconds, bam, seven-day yes. bam. Yeah, and that's what I got, too. And they described that as hate speech. Yeah. And I was like, ah, I'm using white trash as, like, a descriptor, 
And I didn't call anybody white trash. I called like a, I didn't say, there, it's white trash. I just said, this woman is white trash. Like, you wouldn't know who I was talking about because I don't even know who I'm talking about. You're, it's a fictional character. You're doing a big generalization. Yeah, and I said, and, but when you say the word white trash, whatever you're thinking in your brain is correct, right? Like, it's, you know, it's... I mean, it could have made a long description of, like, a woman who lives in a double-wide and smokes menthol cigarettes and she's pregnant every day of the year. You know, this long thing. But if I just say white trash, you know what I'm talking about. So, but they're like, that's hate speech. I'm like, you got to be shitting me. So, but then, so that also made me think, did someone, because someone, it was up there a good half hour. Because people were commenting uh, on it. They loved it. And people liked it. Uh, someone so someone it, did report it, that. It made me think uh, someone reported it. Yeah, yes. Mine got, like... Instantly when I post it, three seconds, bam, bam. No, it was gotta be part of it. It was up there for a while. And then I had other people posting on my wall. They would just post white trash. And they didn't get in trouble for it. So it made me go, someone someone ratted me out. Someone called someone tattled on me. So I'm like, oh God. So when that happened, when I got off the band. Because the the problem is like, and I don't, you probably have this too. When you get banned, you can't post on anything that you're like an admin for, or whatever. And I run several groups, and because of that, I couldn't post on those groups. And some of those groups I make money for, so I'm like, I can't. You're fucking with my money. I'm okay with that. So like, you're fucking with my money. So I'm like, I can't, I can't do. I can't afford to get any more bands, right? So my goal when I came back. I'm not, I can't afford to get, get reported. I'm just going to post pictures of toilets. Because toilets. toilets are a metaphor for Facebook and how shitty it is, right? So that's all I was doing. So this past Thursday, Thursday, posted a toilet, and some woman commented on it. She's like, why are men's bathrooms so much cleaner than women's bathrooms? So I responded back as a joke because it's also a person that I know. I said, because women are filthy pigs. <laughs> And that is a form of hate speech, according to Facebook. Stu McAllister, incel. Oh, yes, <laughs> yes. Very much the incel, man. So I, got, I, I immediately got And so I don't think, I don't think she reported it. Uh, I don't know if anyone reported it, because it happened pretty quickly. Yeah, kind of like mine. I think it yeah. was like the algorithm. It's it, that picked up on, you called uh, women filthy pigs. And I'm like, what? Like you guys all sign it, or do you need a couple uh, of minutes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I got, so I, I just want to make sure. I got, I got, I got, uh, I got. Here we go. Let's do this. So, um, so I'm like, what the fuck? So someone on oh, Twitter. Uh, nice Doctor Strange wall. Yeah, that's yeah, pretty nice, huh? That's pretty think, cool. What do you think of the movie? I love it. I love it. And I'm not a huge Benedict Cumberbatch fan, but... I thought he was great. I loved him in the Avengers movies. The second one sounds like it's gonna be good too. I hope so. Man. I I thought it was great. I loved, I loved the comic book when I was a kid. It was never like my favorite. Like when I was when I had to get a new wallet, uh, I was actually looking for like a Captain America wallet. But I'm uh, I, uh, Captain I, America's a cuck. I, I just he's a cuck. He's an incel. So I just couldn't I couldn't find one that I liked. But then I saw this Doctor Strange one, and it's red, and it's kind of the old school Doctor Strange. And I'm like, oh, that's great. So there we go. So uh, you guys are all set. Thanks for Also, that was an amazing one. Yeah, it is. Thanks, man. Yeah, all right. Thanks, man. Uh, so um, 
featuring special guest uh, the waiter. <laughs> the waiter and Doctor Strange, Stu's wallet. So um, I posted about getting banned on Twitter, right? And I said, you know, I've got myself a 30-day ban Facebook shit or whatever. And someone's like, well, what happened? And I explained to them that I, you know, a joke that a woman was a filthy pig because, like, I'm commenting about a toilet. About a comment, why are men's rooms cleaner than women's bathrooms? So it was like within the context of it all, this is funny and maybe accurate. Every woman, because every woman I've talked to about, they're like, oh yeah, women are filthy pigs. So uh, someone sent me a link to an article, and they basically, Zuckerberg has basically said, like, okay, if you were to insert Muslims, Muslims are filthy pigs. Or if you were to insult, like, homosexuals are filthy pigs, would that be okay? And I'm like, which, I don't is, know. which is funny because I've seen that same exact postings and, and nothing's I, happened. Yep, nothing happened. And, and I, it's, I've even straight up reported so I, I always would get a message back. Thank you for reporting, but we found none of this violence, blah, blah, blah. I'm, well, here, here's my thing, too. Uh, I see a lot of weird shit on Facebook. I'm sure you do, too. If something's really weird, and I don't like it, I just move on. Like, if it's not, if someone's not threatening someone, or if it's not like a racist comment or something like weird like that, like, I, I'm either going to like unfriend, unfollow, block, or whatever, right? I'm, I don't think I've ever reported someone, because I've never seen anything to that extent where like, oh, I need to let the authorities know or whatever, right? This guy, he threatened to shoot somebody. I'm like, all right, I probably should let somebody know. Uh, or even like someone like trying to hurt themselves or something, you let someone know. But I'm like, I'd like to think that people know me too. That like this dude is a comedian, he's gonna say funny things, and I may not like everything that he says. Find me a comic that you like every joke they tell. You're, it's impossible. So, but now I now I got my 30 day ban, and again, it's one of those things of like, you you screwed me because I can't post on any of my things. Because I can't post on it, but I had to go through this process of making a fake account, and that was a huge hassle because uh, everything was linking back to my profile that was banned. So even if I made a new uh, profile, when you made this one, did you like do it on the same uh, device that you? Ran? Yes. Well, yes. Well, so what I did, we'll go into like my what happened to me. But okay. One thing I learned is that, uh, and this is just me speculating, but. I think they also, like, track your IP address. Yes. Because, yes. as I noticed, when I created my separate profile on my laptop, you know, I got banned when I was using my phone here. Uh-huh. I logged in with my phone, my, my secondary account. Yeah. It wouldn't, like, let me comment or anything on there. Same thing. Yeah. But then when I got on my computer, I can do whatever on my secondary account. Yeah. So, I, I, so I do think it's also IP address. I went to the library. <laughs> <laughs> I made my fake account at the library. Nice. Because I was like... Because that's what I was thinking of, like, oh, they're tracking my computer or my phone or whatever. Yeah. So I just went to the library, and I made a fake uh, email account, and then I made a fake account so that uh, I could then be added to where I'm getting uh, paid, and I'm like, I'm not going to do anything with this account. I'm not going to trust anybody for anything. So it's just crazy, right? Yeah. But so it, it's, and again, I'm, um, I don't believe in censorship necessarily because Facebook is not my thing. It's something that I use. So if Zuckerberg wants to make these rules good for him, but I've asked for what the rules are, and I can't find the rules. Well, well yeah, like, honestly, I have my criticisms, if you want to call that, okay. Facebook. One thing I am proud of, especially with this 30-day ban I'm almost done with, <laughs> I have yet to complain about my free speech being uh, 
right. being violated or right. anything. Yeah, I'm not going to be like a Milo Yiannopoulos or Owen Benjamin or any right. shitheads who are like, you're infringing my free speech. Why can't I call this person a racial slur? There, there are no... There, I don't believe in freedom of speech. I don't think it's real. It's not real. Right? It's not, in this country, it's not a real thing. We talk about it a lot. But it isn't real because there are consequences for your actions, right? And the consequence for my action now is like a 30 day ban on Facebook, which I think is ridiculous. But those are the rules of Facebook. Now, if I wanted to stand on my lawn and yell, women are filthy pigs, then there you go until like my neighbors call the cops on me or something like that. But I mean, there's always consequences for your action. Freedom of speech is it's an illusion. Right? Stu McAllister, the comedian who does think free speech. Well, I mean, I, I want it to be. I want everybody to say what they want to say as long well, as they're not harming in, anybody. At least, well, at least in this country, I believe in free speech, but I don't believe in the First Amendment because I think it's a sham. Like, again, it's also the same thing with, like, the Second Amendment. I believe in gun rights. Not the Second Amendment because if you look at the way it really is, not, not really. Not really actually that way. Right. Right, right, right. But, uh... But to go in, what happened to me, okay. I was usually just getting a bunch of... At first, it was just, like, shaking, deleted for various things, like claiming it's hate speech or violates their decency policy. Sure. I had one where, like, it was just, like, a smiling cop, and then Honest says, is white, shoot black people on sight. Because it's a cop. And, sure, sure, sure. And, uh, yeah, got, got that on there, but then when I took the screenshot, of it, it was, like, that post on my wall, like, LOL, look what happened. They then... Yeah. They, they had too. I'm like, holy yes. shit, they got that too? Yeah. They got the screen. That, that happened to me too. When I when I did the joke, I screenshotted the joke and what I got banned for, and then they were like, okay, fuck you, You're, here's the ban or whatever. So yeah. I'm like, but my first... Silly. Yeah, I got some 24-hour bans. But my big, uh, like I said, big seven-week ban was the whole, you know, oh, Republicans are racist white trash ban. That was the 30-day? No, oh, that was trash? a seven day. Seven day? And my fault was like, okay, I'm going to create a secondary profile of this. Uh-huh. Then I fucking forgot. <laughs> and then this happened because, uh, that's not our thing. Yours happened from what I see because of the shit that you think is funny as the shit to post. This is funny. Me, I get into arguments with assholes. <laughs> and either Facebook picks it up or they report me. Yes. And I got reported because, uh. Actually, I got screenshots here. I posted this nice little meme on this one guy. It says, I am not politically correct. I say, America sucks. Hail Satan. Communism will win. Fuck Christmas. Burn the flag. If this goes against your beliefs, go back to your safe space, Snowflake. Sure, I mean, that's... No, it's, it's a parody of that, those signs that you see. Yes. And as you see, I then start getting these kind of responses. Yes, but do you say that on the internet safe space, or you got the balls to say it to somebody's face? And, uh, does, does that guy have the balls to say it to your face, right? Yeah, but... There's a lot of internet tough guys out there. Oh, yeah, and that's what, what I was. I kept having a bunch of right-wingers trying to fight me. So I was deciding, like, okay, how do I troll them? So I don't want to have done it in a long time, which uh-huh. is I pretend to hit on So oh, gotcha, my nice. instant reply was like... Would you like to hook up sometime? Sure. Then I get another guy, same thing. And I said, Justin, 
fuck it, I'll say this guy's name, Beaner Justin. I have a better suggestion. Why don't we meet meet up and make out like real? Sure. Then he says, you want to make out with me? You say you want to meet me for your homosexual activities? Right. I said, yes. Basically, I met up with dudes who challenged me to fights online. Each time it happens, we just end up having hot fashion gay sex. <laughs> so really, I put on airs. Let's just get to the song. So this is this is when Garrett. This is when I hit the uh, the unfollow button on this this whole thing of like yeah. You just it, after a while, like I just get tired of engaging people. I know, and I'm just that's, like, that's, uh, that's my problem. I you got to learn do. to un, not engage, man. I knew, I knew, I know. So it's awful. So same thing, you know. I'm gonna beat your ass, blah blah. Yeah, no one's gonna do anything. Yeah, I then take a nap because I did that while I was at my day job. I come home, take a nap, wake up. Man, wake up to this wonderful one. Oh god. Okay. And it says, and they gave like the whole list of like reasons. The, sure. All the posts, which all which go back to like October last. Year. Uh, and what? Well, are you? In, are you? Was this all happening in a group? Some uh, yeah. group that you're a part. Yeah. Get out of yeah. that group, man, or whatever. You know. Well, I don't. I don't even remember. But yeah, this is a case of these guys. You know, Mister Free Speech. Oh, sure. Instantly reporting me. But yes. I did. I did win one because I always, you know, challenge it and sure. say like, you know, review it. Yeah. No, but they did put up put up this one because they claimed that it was for hate speech. You know. Why don't we meet up, make out like real? I got, I got. That's hate speech. Yeah, yeah. I got report. One of these guys reported that as hate speech, and Facebook believed it. Then they reviewed it again. They're like, "We apologize. Your comments back on Facebook." Great, great, great. Yeah, when you have an I'm actual, still, I'm still bad for thirty days, but I won one. Nice. When you, hopefully, it's like when you get a real person to look at something. Like I. I truly believe, like, if I had a real human being look at the three comments that I made that got me banned, they'd be like, oh, yeah, this is all a joke or humorous or whatever. Well, but it didn't turn out that way. Well, I kind of don't believe that because, as I said, I have reported posts for two reasons. Okay. One, as I said before, I'm a socialist. Sure. Very political. And uh, I don't think fascists and racists and all that should have a space. So. Sure best way to do that on Facebook is to report them. Yes. And holy shit, I have reported so many uh, pictures, pages, and comments, and like 9% of the time, I would just get back, this does not violate, blah, blah. Like, wait, really? This this one is just talking about how Jews are killing white babies every single day. You don't find this hate speech? Well, it's, it's weird to me, too, how uh, Facebook now is not going to look into like political ads. Thank you, man. Yeah. They're not going to look into political ads and like, yeah, this could be clearly wrong or false or like, yeah, whatever. It doesn't matter. We're not going to look into it. We're leaving it up to the readers to decide yeah. if this information is correct or not. I'm like, what? But then you're going to ban me for 30 days because uh, women are filthy pigs? Well, Get out. Well, yeah. And I don't know if you heard like the audio, but I guess like Mark Zuckerberg claimed that. Uh, that he doesn't want Elizabeth Warren being elected because she wants to break up Facebook among other corporations. Oh, right. So, yeah, Facebook leans to the right most of the time. Sure. Well, it's, I, it's always follow the money. Follow the money, yeah, listeners. Right wingers bring in, whether they're fascists or baby boomers, yeah. bring in more clicks, more ads, right. more money. Right, right, right. Then, you know, us lefties who are just like, no, the, not paying for that. 
Yes. Yeah. yeah. But I, uh, I, and to be perfectly honest, Garrett, if I wasn't a comedian, I don't know if I would be on Facebook. I wouldn't use it like I do. Uh, same, oh, same thing as a writer. Sure. Because I, but the only other reason I would think be on Facebook if I was a writer is just so I can keep up on local events like sure. concerts and that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I use it as like a promotional tool, but now I'm kind of backing away from a ton of stuff. So for me now, it is more like, what, what can I use Facebook to benefit me specifically as a human being, not as like a comedian? Yeah. So, um, Another thing that I, besides, you know, reporting fascists and all that, and I guess this is maybe karma coming back at me, but I do like to bait these guys into a, uh, Kind of like how Stan Hope would bait pedophiles. Sure. I would like to bait them into, like, say, making a threat or making a racial slur. Sure. Then I report that and boom. We'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah. I'm at the same so, time, dude. I'm like, is it is it worth your while, man? Yeah. I know it gets me riled up. Like, if I were to do that, I would just get riled up. I'd be like, fuck this motherfucker. I know. And then I'm like, do I want to feel like that? I'm like, I don't want to feel like I that. I know. It's, you know? It's a, I have gotten a lot better than I was previous years ago, but yeah. as you can see, it's still working. Sure, but uh, so much for this, man. We gotta let it go. We gotta like pull the plug, disconnect, hit the, the turn off button or whatever. Because they're they're all. Uh, I mean, I, clearly, I'm not in the same groups as you, but I'm not looking for any of that stuff either, man. So I just because I think it would get me riled up. I'm like, I don't want to get riled up over this. I just want to talk yeah. about my wiener. You don't, don't, you don't think that would be good for your career? Arguing <laughs> with a bunch of bunch of faceless bunch of guys. Degens? No, God, no, no, not, not at all. So fa- Facebook is garbage. All social media is garbage. Everybody. So there we go. Stu McAllister, comedian. Look for me at Stu McAllister on Twitter. <laughs> no. All right, let's just do one more thing quickly. Okay. Uh, one thing I do miss about your post now that you're just posting toilets <laughs> and getting banned is that you used to post about watching movies. Oh, watching yeah. The shit out. Yes, I would watch the shit out. I'm trying to do that, well, until I got banned. I was moving that over to my fan page. So I did that a couple times on my fan page. But, yeah, I'd watch the shit out of uh, movies, everybody. That's what I would do. Yeah, you, you were one of the three... My three favorite local movie critics, oh, okay. along with John Serva, as we just mentioned. He's the greatest and, of all time. And Mike Logan, Garrett Hosner, uh, uh, yes. his Better Be Good podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. they're good. Yeah. Those guys, those two dudes, are like, I love movies, and I'll be like, yeah, I enjoyed this movie. And they would be like, well, it was a shit movie because of this. Because they're like, kind of, uh, they're film nerds. Like, I don't know what you want. Critics. Yeah. It sticks. Yeah. And, and I would like I would go like I enjoyed this Adam Sandler movie and I know that it's garbage uh, okay. but I enjoyed it because of whatever right like I um, the one um, the one that came out like within the last month or two I think it was called The Good Boys about those three like middle school kids who are trying to go to a party or whatever and it was just like it was a goofy fun movie and I, I can't lie I thought it was going to be garbage and I loved it I loved it I thought it was great but yeah. then Garrett was like Oh, it was horrible. They were like, what do you mean it was horrible? Like, you, you gotta go in going like, okay, this is just like, uh, well, what was that first movie? Super bad. It was kind of like little younger version of Super bad. Yeah, I, I thought it was great. I loved it. Yeah, but those guys were like, no, because of blah, blah, blah. Yeah, the second to last time I talked to Garrett, uh, we were in Muskegon. He opened for Jim Florence. Oh, yeah. It was awesome. Go. Yeah. Yeah, I want to see if him and Mike want to, like, appear on like do a swap cast thing. Sure. I wanted to do it in November because uh, 
Sonic the Hedgehog movie was scheduled oh. then. Previews I saw, like the, the pictures of the Hedgehog yeah. looked awful. Yeah, but they pushed it back like February or March because they redesigned him. Oh. And the redesigns look great. Oh, did they look Yeah, better? but. Okay. So, yeah. Sorry, Mike Garrett. Uh, have you on later? When I talk about the best movie of all time. <laughs> oh, you're a big Sonic fan? Is that what I am? Hearing? That's the thing. There you I'm, go. I'm going to hate it, but I'm going to love it because right. Sonic is one of my heroes. Yeah, I hear you, man. Yeah. you got to go into a movie going like, I know what this is, I know it'll be garbage, but I can still enjoy yeah. it. I, I did mock your saint, your face one time when I'm like, I look, Which one? look yeah, yeah. when I saw Wes Anderson's Island of Dogs, oh, yeah, which yeah, was yeah. a great film. Yeah, I'm I like, love it. Yeah, look yeah. at me. I'm... Look at me. I'm Stu McAllister. I'm watching this shit out. <laughs> I do. Other people do say that like they're watching the shit out of movies. Like, I have three or four people yeah. that I'm friends with who are, yeah. do that as well. And I find that funny. Yeah. How many movies do you, like, see them on? You know, it used to be a whole lot more. Now it's probably, like, two or three. But when I had Movie Pass, I was seeing Tom. And there was that time when I had Movie Pass where I saw one a day for a month. And that was that was difficult. There was actually one day where I couldn't see any, so I saw two in one day instead. Nice. But, uh, but that was I, and I think that's part of the reason why Movie Pass went under because I fucked it over. Like, oh, it's gone now. It's gone now. It's oh, totally, nice. totally. But apparently, Celebration Cinema is going to make a Movie Pass type thing, so nice. I'll get that. But yeah, I'm, a, yeah. I'm, I know a lot of people like I'll just wait. I can see it at home on Netflix or whatever. I'm like, yeah. I enjoy the theater experience. That's just me. Yeah. Yeah. So, I guess I wanted to ask, uh, have you seen Joker? I did. Oh, what do you think of it? I liked it. I did. I liked it. It wasn't, to me... Spoiler alert, by the way. Spoilers here. I didn't, uh, it probably didn't resonate with me as much as it did other people, but I didn't think it was garbage. And I don't understand the people who are like, oh, this is movie's going to incite people to do things. I'm like, ah, come on, man. People are responsible for their own actions. Like, music doesn't make you do stuff. Video games don't make you do stuff. Movies don't make you do stuff. You decide you want to go do stuff. I love, I love the movie and to get political once more. Uh-huh. That's kind of how the right likes to uh, assimilate, or should I say appropriate stuff. Sure. So they try to appropriate Joker. Yeah. Yeah. You mean before it came out. Yeah. And Which is dumb. Yeah, and if you think about it, he's, it's that, I mean, the movie's about a guy who's impoverished, yes. suffers from mental illness, yes. and it's a child abuse victim. Yes. So, uh, he's really not like the incel guy that we're led to believe. Right. No, no, not but, at all. I mean, I made a lot of jokes about that, like, you know, man, DC and Warner are really brave to make a movie about the Joker getting angry because he can't have a blonde virgin girlfriend. <laughs> he has to take on Batman at the end. You know, right, or right. as he calls him, the Chad Knight. Right, yes. I mean, I've made a lot of jokes about that. It's funny. That's good stuff. Yeah. I, it would be interesting to see if they make another one with him. Do you think that will happen? No, I don't think yeah, so. You see, um, D- DC's doing this. They have like their main continuity where like the Justice League, Batman, Wonder Woman are all, all in. Sure. Which... Well, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Shazam were good. All the art's been crap so far. Right, yeah. But they also have the thing that Joker's like the first one of called DC Black. Where it's basically going to be like one-shot films and films that are darker, more surreal. That don't fit into a continuity. Gotcha. Huh. Yeah. Was not aware of that, so. That's a bummer. It would be interesting to see him, Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker, fight. Yeah. Uh, What's-his-face, Robert... Pattinson, is that his name? Yeah. Fight him. 
well, Batman. That's the thing, like, we're comparing it to, like, past Jokers. And, yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry about Walking Phoenix Joker. I'll probably get his ass kicked. Because all the other <laughs> ones are, like, legit criminals and terrorists. Yeah. And he's just a guy who, uh, Lunatic. Well, he's someone that, in our society, we should technically emphasize with. Sure. At least, at least not emphasize to the point that he murders talk show hosts. Right, right, right. To right. the point where it's like, holy shit, we, we need to help you and your mom. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. They were forgotten, kind yeah. of. So, yeah. 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 yeah, I did like the portrayal of Thomas Wayne, because in the comics, he's portrayed as, like, you know, Good mil- the good millionaire, you know, yeah. Bruce Wayne's father, uh-huh. you know, father, what do I do? I should become a bass. Right. Well, this time he's basically kind of Trump. <laughs> and, you know, well, what do you call, like, the people of Gotham, like, filthy pigs? <laughs> yes, yes, yep. He did. He would have been banned on Facebook. Actually, I think they play drugs at line for You should sue him. <laughs> Damn it, I'm suing that man. All right, dude, uh, that's all I want to talk about. It's a good, good podcast, man. Yeah, okay, Stu, uh, where can we find you, man? Besides, uh, I'm banned on Facebook, uh, but you can find me Twitter and Instagram at Stu McAllister. It's uh, S-T-U-M-C-C-A-L-L-I-S-T-E-R. It's amazing how both my names get misspelled all the time, so I spell it out. But, uh, yeah, Google Stu McAllister, whatever, you'll find me. Yeah, got any uh, upcoming shows or any uh, I, I got something happening in November. And then I'm at Grins in December and got that laugh fest podcast whenever that's going to come out. So, yeah. nothing major. And you said yours going to come out on Wednesday, right? Um, we're, we're recording it Wednesday. I don't know when they're actually going to come out. They're uh, probably going to have to edit out all my swears. Oh. Well, <laughs> see, this is a free speech zone, so oh, you can say you. where you want. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. So. And yeah. then my own podcast, The Elemental Podcast. If people want to listen to that, great. And if they don't listen to that, that's good, too. Yeah, very humble, actually. I'm, you know, hey, man, I'm the best at being humble. Yeah, you're the comedian that does comedic things. I try. Stu McAllister. Thank you very much. All right. Well, that's it. We should hey. probably get going. Thanks, Gary. Uh, everyone, uh, thanks for listening. Check out Stu online. And, uh, yeah, yeah, check this out everywhere you can. YouTube, Internet Archive. Uh, Anchor, Spotify, and now the new platform, Mixcloud. Yeah, going for the gold here, man. Nice. I.e., whichever service allows me to upload shit for free. All right, the best. Yep, and uh, yeah, you can find me at my official website, kareshalky.tumblr.com. The podcast now has an official Twitter, at ShalkyPod. Nice. And of course, my personal Twitter, at GarrettShelke. It's all on there, folks. You will find it one way or another. <laughs> all right. I guess we're done here. We're done. Thanks, man. Stu, thanks for being on. I appreciate it. Uh, and you're absolutely sure you don't want me to, like, pay you. Nah, we got it, man. We're good. We're good. You had one beer. I had uh, 14 beers and six pizzas. Uh, uh, we're good. You're the greatest. Thank you. Thank you, Stu. All right. Thank you. Unknowingly to the people here at Harmony Keep Brewing for appearing on there. <laughs> and thank you folks for listening. Have a good night. Here's the outro song.